in the heart of Beer City, USA. Two men, one journey, to create a sports show unlike any other. Unfiltered, raw, and honest. One of them played a soccer goalie opposite Ben Stiller. The other, one scored six points on Steph Curry. These guys know their Let's go! Tank Spencer, Jeremy Green, the Sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. Low prices, love the savings. And welcome into the Sportsocracy ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, We are not live on YouTube today or tomorrow. Uh, The guy who pushes all the buttons for that. Well, he's taking a couple of days off. So, Jeremy not in with us today, which I know. I, I know. Half of you are like, yeah, no Jeremy. All right. Uh, we got <laughs> we got intern Jake Man, sitting I'm, in with us. You know, I'm so glad to to have you back, Tank. It's been a while. And, uh, it has been. It it's good to like see your forever. face again. Man. It feels like forever. Uh, as, uh, yeah, went on vacation last week. You guys held it down. It was very nice. I, I was uh, very appreciative of the uh, the, the, the recognition. That I got on the on the show, the, uh, <laughs> you, Jeremy killed it with the uh, w- w- with with my photo during last week's broadcast uh, of the fat guy laying on the beach, uh, and the picture that you saw on the YouTube stream for that week was much better than what the people at Myrtle Beach saw. So you should consider yourselves lucky about that. <laughs> uh, it is the sportsocracy. We're gonna have some fun today. We got so much to get into. I mean, uh, obviously. July 4th weekend. How was that for you? Was oh, it was great. It's good. Yeah, it really was. Um, went down to Charlotte, played a little bit of Top Golf. Nice. Went to Carowinds, which we will touch oh, up on oh, a little I'm bit. I'm glad later. you're back safely. Yeah. Interesting. All <laughs> and right. then obviously went to the CONCACAF Gold Cup. I've been talking about it all week last week. Great time, great atmosphere. Uh, there was 47,000 people at Bank of America Stadium. Wow. Which was awesome. Um, and, you know, it's good to see your. Your United States of America wins six to nothing against Trinidad and Tobago. <laughs> there you um, go. But one cool thing about the weekend was that game, the second game of Honduras versus Haiti. You know, two countries that not a lot of people really know about, and the the, the soccer teams aren't that good. But it was just a great matchup. Um, when Honduras scored, what they would do is they would throw their domestic lights all around the stadium. I'm oh, talking about. Good. I was drenched. And then I was like, oh, my <laughs> no, gosh, you. I really hope Honduras doesn't score again. Uh, well, they did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, thank you on that one. Like, I, I get your passion, soccer fans, yeah. but when we start throwing things on each other, and and I get that it, that happens at NFL games as well, but but not as much. I mean, I don't see the Detroit Lions scoring a touchdown and then, you know, the the seven-year-old sitting next to his dad gets drenched in beer because dad's so excited. I mean, I, again, has happened before. Look, as a child, I can remember going to – I remember going to one uh, McCormick Field game yeah. where I got a beer spilled on my head as a little kid. I mean, it happens. Was that devastating? But No, not really. I was like trying to suck it out of my shirt. No, like you ooh, dad, no, you let me have beers. <laughs> ooh, it's so good. No, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as far as a uh, complete shower in the stands when a team does something great, I'm good. I don't, I don't, I don't want it. Don't, don't bring that this way. Well, and so I see all of the, you know, you see like the the the, the horror stories or, or the horror 
yeah. highlights or whatever mm-hmm. from you know stadiums erupting into riots and people shooting flare guns and stuff and things catching on fire at soccer games. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well, hey, let me tell you something. It really did add to the game. Um, I, I, I saw somebody get hit in the head with one. That was not not so pretty. No. Yeah. But no, no. it was a great weekend don't throw overall. Things. Just to, to, I mean, we can celebrate. Just don't throw things. Yeah. 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 I mean, your parents taught you that as a kid, <laughs> didn't they? I they mean, did. I would hope. I know you're of a different generation, yeah. but parents still teach their children don't throw things, right? Well, enough about my weekend. How was how was your oh, week off? Oh, it was off? great. It was great. Just spent a week at the beach and hanging out and going to the water and waking up, walking on the beach, mm-hmm. collecting seashells. That's one of my things to do. That's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. one of those things that like I used to do with my grandmother. And so now I'll go like and do the little weepy walk on the beach and remember my grandmother. Uh, but you no, know, it was great. It was a great week of relaxation. Glad to be back and uh, and ready and raring to entertain here on the, uh, the, the 4th of July. I got some good beach time in, saw some jellyfish. Oh, that, nice. was, that was kind of cool. Do you um, have a high and a low? Didn't find out until after we saw the jellyfish that those are the kinds of jellyfish that don't sting you. So I had to deal with that. After it was like, oh, it was so cool when we were coming back off the banana boat. You just went through like this whole, uh, you, you know, pod of jellyfish everywhere. And then, of course, my son was like, okay, I'm never getting back in the water again. Just so you're telling me there's jellyfish out there somewhere? No, I'm not getting in anymore. So I had to go through that. Mm-hmm. I went through a uh, interesting um, stop at a candy store. If you ever go to North Myrtle Beach and you see, uh, obviously, all the beach stores. You've been to Myrtle, yeah. haven't you? Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Myrtle so, beach. you know, they have all of the the eagles and the wings and the every, there's a beach store. Yeah, yeah, there's a beach store on every corner of Myrtle Beach. Well, one of those has now become the, what do they call it, the Sugar Kingdom? It's a giant candy store. Okay. Uh, and so remember how the, uh, you know, the beach towels used to hang in those stores. Well, now it's just candy wall to wall. And I lost sight of my 12 year old at one point and we checked out with a $60 bag of candy. Yeah. Cause they do it by the pound at the, at the uh, place. Okay. And so okay. everything's like in little bins. Yeah. And so I just lost sight of him. I'm doing my own thing. I'm, you know, over here. Oh, my mom loves my mom and dad's anniversary. She loves malted milk balls. So I'll go get her a little bag of malted milk balls for her anniversary. You know, it'd be a nice little thing. I come back to the counter and Joseph's standing there with his bag that's like bulging with every kind of gummy that he has found in these little barrels and just put it all in this bag. So at that point, I mean, I have no choice, right? I have no choice but to buy the candy. Yeah. I can't put it on the store to be like, oh, here's $60 worth of candy that you have to throw away. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was not too pleased about that. That was probably the low light of the uh, of, of, of the venture. What was the high? Uh, the high point? Well, let's be frank. I was on vacation, so there are a lot of high points. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but I, I just love being at the ocean. Yeah, definitely. You get, you get the, the oceanfront room and just sit on the balcony. And just watch the waves, listen to the ocean, enjoy the sunshine. It it was one of those things I was red as a lobster after a couple of hours on the beach, and so I had to wear like a t shirt the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the vacation. With I hate swimming with a shirt on, and I know most people want me to swim with a shirt on, but I don't like it. But after you get sunburnt, then you kind of have to, not to ruin the rest of the vacation, getting even more burnt. So yeah, I mean it was a, it was a typical beach vacation. It was a lot of fun. Did you guys get to make the venture down to actual Myrtle Beach, like with the no. fam- Family Kingdom no, and all that stuff? No, no, no. I, I lost my, 
when they tore down the pavilion yeah was was the last straw for me mm. and you know I, I, it's not the safest of places to be no i mean there's a region there's a reason that no one calls it myrtle beach anymore you either call it dirty myrtle mm-hmm. or murder beach I, I, they call it murder beach <laughs> oh yeah really oh yeah i, I know dirty myrtle um, funny thing is, even when I lived in New Hampshire, we would still go down to Myrtle Beach. Like, I, I started going to Myrtle Beach, I think it was 2009. Um, but now, you know, we started, we, every single state, we started to stay a little bit farther away from that that central area. Now, I don't even think we've been there in the past three years. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, Myrtle Beach, got some good memories there, but... It's just not the same as it used to be. No. And, I, and I guess it's because our society has changed so much mm-hmm. that we're not we're not the go-to-shopping malls people anymore. Yeah. People don't really do that anymore. That was the number one thing to do in Myrtle Beach when I was growing up, was you go spend your time at the beach, and then when you're not at the beach, you go to Barefoot Landing to all the shops, or you go to the to the mall with the big clock in the, the I don't remember the name, the Briarcliff Mall, I think was the name of it. Like, those were the things that we used to do. Well, now, I mean, you don't really need to do any of that. You don't need to go to special shops. You can do all your shopping online, and so now... It's a kind of refreshing that you don't feel like you need to go do all that stuff. You just sit there and enjoy the beach, which is what a vacation should be. Uh, and I hope everybody gets their uh, gets their chance to do that. That was our first family vacation in like three years, Are you like serious? pre-COVID, like that wasn't like an extended weekend. Like we're oh, okay, we're gonna go see some friends down in Charleston for a few days or whatever. That was like the first extended vacation that we've had in three years. So it was awesome for our family to be able to reconnect in some shape, form, or fashion, and just kind of unplug for a few days. So I appreciate you guys holding it down here. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into all of the uh, all of the sporting things. Look, we got everybody's talking about the NFL still because baseball doesn't really matter anymore, nope. especially at this stage of the season. Nobody really cares about the playoffs anymore. We've got, got the Wimbledon. All-Star Games coming up on Tuesday, and <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I, who's on the team? Is that uh, – What's his name? Uh, Victor De La Cruz. Is he still playing baseball? Is he, <laughs> is he is he doing his little thing in Cincinnati? I don't know. Did he make the All-Star team? He should. I think he's pretty good at baseball. Yeah, he's Shohei Otani, did he make it? I mean, it's like, of course, I don't care about baseball, but we want to. That's the problem. We grew up in America where that's America's pastime. Yeah. Like this, the, like July 4th weekend used to be a thing when we were a kid when we were kids or at least as i as i recall it because you had baseball was going on you had obviously all of the all of the other things going on i don't remember the hot dog eating contest being a big part of our childhood that didn't really pop off until i was in college and at that point it was just like hey let's see how gross these dudes can be it's disgusting and now that's like the the benchmark sports moment for july 4th weekend i i don't see it there I, used to be the big run-up to the to, to the all-star break all-star breaks always been around july 4th at some point a week before a week after whatever but that used to that used to be the thing to talk about and now every show you turn on nobody wants to talk about anything but football because that's what sells so we're going to talk some football on today's program. We've got a couple of off-season files to go through. We've got the Green Bay Packers and the Houston Texans. Those were good ones to do today. So if you're fans of that team or either of those teams, you won't have to hear Jeremy lose his mind about how horrible <laughs> you're going to be this year. 
Uh, you might have to hear me drone on about how horrible your teams are going to be, but it's, it's all good. We're going to build the perfect quarterback coming up at the top of the 5 o'clock hour today in the daily draft. We're going to go accuracy, arm, size, leadership, IQ, all those things. Clutchness. Oh, the clutchness. That's Which huge. I'm not even sure is actually a word. But, but we can make it a but, word but, for this but, second. But he's making it a word. So, yeah. so intern Jake says clutchness needs to be <laughs> one of the categories that we draft from. So we'll be doing that at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Also, the NBA. You know, they said that they wanted to give us a little more intrigue in the NBA season. And so they floated this idea of a mid-season tournament. And I remember when it, when the subject first came up, and we were like, why? Why do you, why? You gave us the play-in tournament, and no one cares. I don't. Nobody cares how <laughs> this shakes out. Oh, but uh, we've had so many teams come out of the play-in tournament and go deep. I, I don't care. Now, the play-in tournament didn't do anything for you. And then the idea of this mid-season tournament comes out, and everybody's like, eh. I don't know or i felt like that was the response from everybody and the nba went you know what that was good enough for us because we're gonna do it we are gonna do it because look you guys don't like uh don't like this is just the way to get nba fans to understand world cup play because the nba's basically got their own world cup that they're gonna do in the middle of the nba season and i really am having a hard time wrapping my head around this is this gonna be worth it is anybody gonna care so many ins and outs of is this worth anything six weeks into the season maybe they'll get a little bit of light but this is the, the, the this should be the hottest time for the nba right now because the off season we have said for years is more entertaining than the actual regular yeah. season. Even now, in the time where you would think more people would be talking about basketball, or you would get shows like ours that don't talk about basketball to talk about basketball because there's nothing else. We're still focusing on the NFL. What do you think that's going to be like six weeks into the basketball season, which is, oh, by the way, now we're talking playoffs for the NFL. We're talking bowl games and conference championships and college football. Is an NBA midseason tournament going to make any kind of a difference? We'll talk about it up next right here on ESPN Asheville. I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at roguecombatclub.com. The Sportsocracy. These guys are a f***ing disgrace.
It is the Sportsocracy here on ESPN Asheville. Glad to be back in the studio in the flow of things. Once again, we were supposed to be with you yesterday, but we had some technical difficulties here in the studio that just didn't just didn't jive. We got all the all the the, the issues sorted out. So glad to be back with you, Jeremy. Off for the remainder of the week. So it is uh, intern Jake and I leading the way <laughs> here for today and tomorrow. And the NBA is going to do the midseason tournament that nobody really wanted. I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear from the first fan who says this is a great idea. Uh, and I think you found one right here. No, I think this is on. a great idea, Tank. I really do. But why? Because. Who watches the NBA in the regular season? Do you watch the, re- the NBA no. during the regular Who does? No, nobody Not does. Not a lot of people. And I guess that's where I come down on this. Is this going to make you watch? Is this going to make you care at all about the NBA? So here's the, here's the idea. Okay. So they're going to do pool play for the first six weeks of the season. Now, it's not going to be the entire six weeks. It's going to be just random days through the first six weeks of the season that you're going to have teams competing in pool play. The 30 NBA teams are going to be split up into six divisions of five, not it doesn't. They don't have to be in the same division with each other. We think it will probably be geographically sorted out. So you'll have like, um, like the Southeast Division or whatever. We'll have Miami and Charlotte and Orlando and Washington. Maybe I don't. We've been through every iteration of this or that we can think of anyway to try to figure out how to make this thing work. Splitting up the divisions, and I guess you would do it regionally. So you'd have like out west, you'd have one that has all the California teams in it together, and mm, then you throw Portland. in Portland. Yeah. Okay. So that so then you have all of these different divisions. Mm-hmm. You're going to compete in pool play, four games in your division against everybody else that's in that. Then the best records from those, just like happens in the World Cup, will advance. The division winners will advance. But then there's going to be two wild cards across the whole thing. It's not like there's a wild card in every division or anything like that. You're just going to get the six division winners and then two wild cards. Depending on how they set this up, you could have one division that's really weak and end up giving a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves a chance to make it. Because here's the thing. If you put everybody up in the New York area, you get the New York teams, you get Boston, Toronto, Philadelphia. That makes sense as a geographical grouping. Yes, 100%. But then you end up with Boston and Philly, the Knicks as like an outside chance of being a division winner. That's a pretty tough division. It is. As compared to, say... Minnesota, Milwaukee, Chicago, Indianapolis, or Indiana, and uh, and Detroit. That's a very bad division. To me, that's very di- like you got one super hard division, and then you got this other division. It's like oh, I don't know. I don't know. Minnesota could roll through everybody else except for Milwaukee, and their group play ended up being a wild card where Boston trips up and doesn't make the final eight. Or whatever. You know, if if they want this to work, I really think they got to do some sort of lottery, like draw for these different groups. Because, again, if you have, if you're doing it by region, as we see, 
there's there's divisions that are very tough and there's divisions that are very weak and I just don't think that's a fair playing field when it comes to the knockout stage. Yeah. And when you look at the World Cup, it's the same way they do it like a lottery system. It's it's a draw for which div- or which group you play in. I think that'd be very beneficial, but again, like when I'm looking at this on paper, I think it's going to get eyes on it as long as they do it right. The way to do it right is you do not play these games on Saturday or Sunday <laughs> or Thursday during the fall. Or Monday. Or Monday, no. You need to have it literally on Tuesday and Wednesday, and that's how you're going to get your eyes because there's no way you're going to compete with the NFL and college football. And especially college basketball is ramping up in November as well. you got the preseason tournaments for there. Mm-hmm. Do you, would you rather watch a preseason tournament like the Maui Invitational or the NBA playing game? Oh, it's it's the Maui. And, yeah, and it's not close for it's me. Not but close I'm at all. but I'm biased because I'm a North Carolina guy, and college basketball is what we do. Yeah. As far as a national goes, I guess the NBA would be a little higher. But I just see I, six weeks into the season, you're going to play these games, these pool play games, and we don't know when they're going to be. Mm-hmm. We don't know if this is just going to be pinpointed throughout the schedule randomly. Like you'll have your Tuesday night matchups in the NBA. There's 15 games tonight, two of them will count toward the play-in or to to the pool play. Maybe. I don't know. Or is it going to be all of the matchups on this certain Tuesday are all going to be pool play games? Or I I don't know. I think you probably spread it out to give your schedule a pool game throughout the first six weeks. It's like a highlight game. And and then after that, you're going to bring the eight together. You're going to play the first round and then the semifinals. And the finals are going to be December 7th through the 9th in Las Vegas, Vegas, which could be cool. I think that'll be awesome. It could be. I think what they're doing here is that they could be, you know, trying out what a single elimination tournament would look like in the NBA. I have two questions here. So one of my first questions is, are you going to sit your starters out? if you guys are playing in this tournament and you're not really worried about it. Let's say you're a very good playoff team, like the Nuggets, like the the Suns. They can't afford an injury. No. No. So are you sitting down some of your players in this play-in tournament? Because it doesn't really mean anything. I don't, I don't think day. it matters one way or the other. What I think the NBA wants here is for the players and the teams to care enough about it to give us those no-doubt, like, we're in a pool play game. I'll take Phoenix, for example, since you use them. And let's say they're playing the Oklahoma City Thunder. And it's a pool play game. Okay, but I have Kevin Durant, who probably wouldn't have played in this game. He's got a little bit of a you know tweaked ankle or something. I don't want him necessarily playing in a game that doesn't really matter. Does the pool play tournament... Does this mid-season tournament mean enough for me to go, okay, you know what, KD, I'll probably hold you out here, but we really want to win this tournament. No, I'm not changing my plans for this tournament. Because here's the thing, it comes down to the winners, and this is all going to be well and good. Each player on the team is going to get $500,000. That could mean a lot to some players. But not for the top But not for the top. Like, KD doesn't care about getting an extra $500,000 because Phoenix was able to win the midseason tournament. He doesn't care. So what is the benefit for the teams to change their philosophy or their their style? It's not going to keep teams from load managing these guys 
the way that I think the league wants it to. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's an edict comes down from the league and says, you will care. And maybe they'll take it under advisement. But that's also one of those things like, we don't need to be. We don't. I don't need to win this tournament. It has no bearing on the finals. Yeah. It, it has no bearing on the, you know, it's not like uh, minor league baseball where we have a first half champion and a second half champion, or at least they used to. And then those two face off at the end of the season for the championship. It, it's not like that. So... Why do I care? I think <laughs> I think what they have to do is they gotta up, they have to up the stakes on this because five hundred thousand dollars may mean stuff for rookies. It may mean stuff for bench players. But again, when you are talking about like good players in this league that make a lot of money, five hundred thousand dollars is pocket change. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's that big of a stake to actually care about this midseason tournament. But this leads me into my second question: What if you're a poor franchise? What if you are a bad franchise? who does not see a lot of success. I'm going to ask you a question since you're a Hornets fan. Mm-hmm. You know, as a Hornets fan, would you be excited to potentially get some success to your organization even though it's it's a <laughs> mid-season tournament that might not mean something, but at least you win a trophy, you could potentially hang up a banner. Yeah, no. I'm not I'm not big on empty banners. I mean, some might gristle at that coming from a Tar Heels fan who we <laughs> hang a banner for everything. Yeah. But do we though? But but do we really hang a banner for everything, or is it there's just that many achievements in the program? Like we're not up here hanging runner up banners from I don't know a lot. I've heard it so many times from the NC State fans about the the Helms Foundation Championship from 1927. Like yes, there's a banner, but we don't really claim that. That's like a school thing. They put <laughs> it up there, but nobody like points at it and goes. Arr! 1927 champions. Woo, we beat the Wake Forest YMCA. <laughs> no, which was literally on their schedule that year. Uh, <laughs> but, we're, but, but we're not really celebrating that. I mean, so no, I don't care. I, I, woo, the Charlotte Hornets, we finished in ninth place in the East this year. But hey, you remember the first six weeks of the season, we weren't bad. We, we made the semifinals of the midseason tournament. Yeah. I just I, there's nothing there for me. I don't know if it's going to stick. And here's and 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 here again. You got to think about where you're going to be at the with the rest of the schedule in sports. 6 weeks into the season is like the la- it's it's right right between Thanksgiving and the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. So what are we usually talking about right there? We are talking about the NFL. That's week 12 of the NFL season. This little mid-season tournament is not going to get me to care enough about you to stop talking about the playoff pro- possibilities of Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, right? You're not. No. I don't. I just don't see you getting any air out of this. I mean, I think it's definitely going to put some eyes on it because we're talking about a playing tournament compared to talking about the NBA regular season, which no one really cares about. So it's going to get some eyes, obviously. Maybe, but you are talking about a time where it is competitive. For all sports, right there. And I get that's why you do it. You, I mean, that's the desperation. And to me, I guess maybe that's what this is. This is the desperation showing from Adam Silver in the NBA of we've got to do something to get people to talk about us. But I don't think this is it. <laughs> I really don't. But I don't have a solution for what that could be. I don't, I, 
I can't help you, Adam. I can't tell you why people aren't talking about your sport. I think that Adam Silver's been watching too much soccer. He's been talking about doing relegation. Now he's doing this, which is pretty much like the UEFA Champions League in Europe. Well, I mean, this is the to me, this is the NBA's way of going into into the TikTok society. Basically, I mean, you think about it. Everybody, you know, you know, younger people who use TikTok and just live on TikTok for these short little videos. This is the NBA's way of trying to get to that market. People that don't have a long-term attention span for an entire 82-game season, you're hoping you can get those people to hang on for a couple of weeks. But there's no major tide. There's no reason for me to really care because this is a brand-new trophy that nobody cares about. This is no bearing on the postseason. So it wouldn't be like a Hail Mary if Charlotte can be good for the first six weeks of the season, win this pool tournament, then I get an automatic bid into the playoffs, then maybe I would care. I think that would definitely be beneficial. But that would be a terrible idea, right? I mean, I mean, because it would, it would be the same thing as uh, the, the widely panned idea of the Major League Baseball All-Star Game choosing home field for the World Series. Everybody hated that. I didn't. I thought, I thought it was a decent idea. Because I really didn't care. Yeah. But... People hated it, and they would hate this too. One of the top eight teams in the NBA last year at the end of the six weeks was the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> You're telling me that if the Indiana Pacers somehow, or a team like that, pulls off an interesting start to the season, they're winning games in ways that you don't really expect, they're kind of hot, what if they end up winning this thing? And then you would give a playoff spot to that team? No, you wouldn't do that. It's just, to me. It's again. It's a dying sport with a, a guy at the helm who is just trying not to be the captain on the Titanic. He's trying not to be the guy that leads to the downfall of his league. He's headed that way anyway. I think so. The NBA well. is on that downslide. There's nothing coming for the NBA that's going to save this thing. And LeBron's retiring soon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? How are you going to get attention? Come up with stupid gimmicky <laughs> tournament ideas in the middle of the season to hope to God that it works. Hope to God that it raises uh, your your ratings by 0.2 or 0.4. Because I, I just don't see millions of people tuning in during the heart of football season to see an NBA championship that doesn't matter to anything. Again, if this is on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, I'm going to check it out. Because I just like tournaments. Sure. I like competitiveness. And this makes the league competitive. But if this is on Thursday, if this is on Saturday, if this is on Sunday, get out of here. Yeah, you're not paying attention. No way. It is the Sportsocracy. We hope you're still paying attention here on ESPN <laughs> Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. When we come back, we'll get just a bit outside. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. Running a small business is no small task. At Home Trust Bank, we work hard to prepare businesses for whatever tomorrow may bring. Your dreams are our business, and we have local experts who can help you plan for a successful future. Dependable guidance you need, and service you'll appreciate. 
At Hope Trust Bank, we take your small business banking personally. Visit your local Home Trust branch or anytime at htb.com. Member FDIC. At Ingalls, we know your closest companions are the ones who are always there for you. The ones you trust to have your back, no matter what. Who make the hard times a little softer. And the good ones, somehow, a little better. That's what family is all about. Whether they walk on two legs or four. Ingalls, all the ingredients for family. The sportsocracy. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. It is the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And it's time to get just a bit outside. And yes, the uh look, the fourth of July was fantastic. At least in my house it was. You know, I could have done without the uh the thunderstorm in the middle of the day. That wasn't too fun. Kind of cut into our uh our pool time, but you know, it is it is what it is. One of the staples, though, of American culture for the 4th of July for the last, oh, what, 23 years? Because I can't really remember this event before this, before that time. It's the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Competition. Joey Chestnut won his 16th mustard belt. Holy moly. After a two-hour weather delay. That's right, folks. It was raining in Coney Island, so they had a two-hour delay for a bunch of dudes getting together to eat hot dogs. <laughs> it was well worth it in the end, though, because Joey Chestnut, in his uh, in his trek for number 16, ate 62 hot dogs in 10 minutes. No one ever questions, right, anymore why Americans have the reputation that they do around the world as the fat, slovenly, spoiled people that we are, because... I mean, I feel like there's a big portion of the population that is really invested in this event, and I don't know why. It, it's disgusted me for 23 years. It makes my stomach hurt. It really does. Like, I can't watch it. The other day, it was on the TV. I just cannot watch it. It makes my stomach hurt. I could not imagine eating almost 18,000 calories of hot dogs and feeling good about myself. <laughs> I don't know that anybody would feel good about themselves after eating that much. I mean, there, I will, I'll be honest with you. There was a time in my life, obviously, when it first came about, I was like, oh, what is this competitive eating stuff? And I remember my first hero of that was uh, Ed Cookie Jarvis. That was like the, that was 23, 22 years ago, like 2001 before the Joey Chestnut era ever began. And they had guys like Badlands Booker, who's still up on that stage every year, even though he never comes close to winning. Uh, Eater X was one of my favorites. Like the, It was just like this kitschy little 10-minute thing that we do on 4th of July. Oh, let's do a live look into the hot dog eating competition, and then it's gone. Now it's become like a Super Bowl-type event. And I get that TV plays a big part of that. ESPN's got a fill slot on a holiday, and it's an easy thing to do. But we've got so many people, you know, talking heads, talking about Joey Chestnut. Who oh, is he one of the most dominant sports uh, figures we've ever had? Shut up. He is an absolute freak of nature, may not even be human. I don't know about that. Right. Yeah. I, I, who can eat 72 hot dogs in 10 minutes? 
And nobody ever comes close. It's one of the most anticlimactic things on the planet, in my opinion. It's just repeat. It's it's dip the hot dog in water, eat it, eat the bun, repeat. Mm-hmm. It, it, like, who wants to watch that? I might as well watch paint dry. Or baseball. Or you might uh, as well. Yeah, or, or <laughs> baseball. Still infinitely more entertaining <laughs> than a baseball game is the hot dog eating competition. But, I mean, like, that's your sports highlight from – Independence Day weekend, like July Fourth weekend, heart of summer. That's your that you're planting your flag on that. Is the only other things that we had to celebrate were uh, the, the 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 guy that nobody's ever heard of from Australia that won the street race in Chicago that turned out to be one of the biggest disasters in NASCAR history. I get it was a fun idea for a moment, but bad weather killed you on Saturday for the Xfinity race. They only ran what twenty five laps, and then on Sunday. You had more weather cause a problem. The, the 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 road course was too short, and so they ended up having what four traffic jams during the middle of the damn thing. How only they had to cut it short twenty five with uh, you know thirty laps to go or something, which completely changed the potential outcome of the race because they had to get it in before it got dark. I just thought that was a complete disaster for NASCAR. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe other people read it the other way. I felt the same way about the dirt race the first time I saw it. Was, well, that was fun, but I'm good with it only being the one time we do it. Hopefully NASCAR will learn from this one. I don't know. Just, just all of the talk about Joey Chestnut being one of the most dominant athletes of our time is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. He has as much claim to that title as Phil Hellmuth does in poker. Because to me, they're about equivalent sports. Well, I did not watch the the hot dog eating contest other than the first 10 seconds which made my stomach hurt i did watch soccer on the weekend and that was fun the Concacaf gold cup was a good time but speaking of soccer let's talk about one of soccer's best players neymar from brazil so looks like a fan got a little excited and he's gonna leave everything to neymar in his will uh what Okay. Okay. Uh, not that he needs it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you were going to leave something to somebody, I would probably leave it to the poor, not necessarily an um, athlete who's worth a billion dollars. Yeah, the multimillionaire soccer player is going to get this man's will. So the anonymous fan said that there is a beyond love for Brazil's national football team, soccer. And he identified with Neymar, and he said... I want him to have my will. I identify with him a lot. I'm also very family-oriented, and the relationship with my father reminds me a lot of him and his father. So he goes into saying, I am not very good in, in my health right now, and because of that, I really saw that I don't have anyone to leave my things to. So might as well leave it to the 30-year-old Brazilian superstar, Neymar, who already has a lot of money and a lot of fame. Mm-hmm. I I just don't understand that, though. I need more information. I need more information about this guy. Like, does he have cool stuff? Does he have money? I mean, like, did he leave Neymar another mansion? Or is this, like, some guy who's just a really big fan, and he lives in this little shack with a bunch of broken pots in it, and he's like, ah, this is yours now, Neymar. Neymar, Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not even worth me to hire someone to go down there and sort out all your crap, dude. I mean, I appreciate the thought, but I really don't need it. Okay, we can 
we can give that to someone else. I just don't know why you would go anonymous. Is it because they're embarrassed about giving their will to Namor, or is it because they could be very famous? Maybe they could be. Maybe. Maybe this is like a like a cartel guy. He's got oh. like a whole bunch of stuff, and he just wants to leave it all to Namor. I just don't. I don't. Don't do crimes, point. Namor. By the way, <laughs> if he that. leaves you a cocaine empire, don't 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 take the mantle, please. Uh, <laughs> don't connect yourself with that. We don't do crimes. Okay. No sir. No sir. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I mean, I see it. I, I see it from both angles here. Mm. It's a very nice sentiment, but I don't need your crap. Okay. Don't uh, leave me a hassle. <laughs> I, I I literally I don't. See and the if point you did all. have money and you've got all of, you know the mansion and the money and the toys and all of the things, leave it to somebody who could use it, right? I mean, something that could be liquidated though. and 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 help the poor in Brazil or something. Don't leave all your stuff to Neymar. It just seems ridiculous. To it me. does seem ridiculous. I mean, he, dude, I, I, he doesn't. He says he doesn't have any relationship with his family, but and Neymar made a huge impact on his life, but. You're in Brazil, man. Yeah. There's definitely some spots that probably need some help. Right. Okay. I'm just thinking, like, uh, it, put it in American terms here. Um, to me, that would be like Billy Crystal dying and giving his entire estate to Aaron Judge because he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> Aaron Judge doesn't need your no, stuff. he doesn't. He doesn't. <laughs> He doesn't need your stuff. Not at all. I don't understand this. It does not make any sense. It doesn't. To me. It doesn't make any kind of sense at all. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. Not making sense. Pretty much like this show. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, off-season files will continue here in the sportsocracy. Look at the off-season of the Green Bay Packers. And this is well. I said it yesterday as we were preparing for the show that didn't happen. I feel like the Green Bay Packers are my new Las Vegas Raiders. Stay tuned. I'll tell you why. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WBNC. Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a southern hospitality touch. The Sportsocracy. That is some good, clean family fun there, eh, God? Back in the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville offseason files continuing here. We've gone through uh, most of the teams in the NFL already in their offseason files. How have they done? What are their prospects for the upcoming season? And let's focus on the Green Bay Packers today. Intern Jake filling in for Jeremy Green as he is uh, on a mini vacation for the rest of this week. He'll return with us on Monday. The Green Bay Packers. I think this is my new las vegas raiders what do you mean by that it's the team 
I'll say Las Vegas Raiders slash Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. The team that she's sh- probably going to be much better than I give them credit for. I don't think this is a very good team. You don't? Not that now outside of the quarterback situation. Yeah, it's a pretty good team. You got you got some stars there. I like what you're doing. Okay. But it all falls to, to me on Jordan Love. I, I mean, I don't see this as a playoff team. Well, they scratch the playoffs. There's a possibility. But I could also see this thing just going down in flames because Jordan Love is so horrendous. I think it really doesn't matter how bad your quarterback is when your schedule is literally this bad because they have the weapons they do this is not a bad roster at all everyone's making it out in the media that the green bay packers are the worst team in the nfl guys no no, not at all everyone's just looking at that question mark at quarterback now when you look at it you went from Favre to rogers to love Mm -hmm. so that transition year between Favre to rogers rogers went six and ten now, would you be surprised if the Packers went seven and ten this season? Yes. <laughs> you think they'll I be would. worse than that? I think they'll be worse than that. I don't. I don't. And I mean, you look at the schedule here. You start off with Chicago Week One, which Chicago we already talked about could be very good this season. But then you have to play Atlanta, New Orleans, Detroit, Las Vegas, Denver, Minnesota, the Rams. I mean, they really could start out potentially six and three. I don't see. How everyone is talking about this team, oh, they could be five wins, four wins. They still have one of the best running back duos in the NFL with A.J. Dillon and Aaron No doubt about it. They've got a young offensive line that I like, so they'll be able to run the ball. I always just come back to how good is Jordan Love going to be. And I'm not, I'm not crazy about your weapons. Now, I'm not saying that Christian Kirk and Romeo Dubs are just dog water. That would be insane. They're good young players, and I get that you want to try to have a little nucleus of young growing up together. I get it. But I don't feel like Jordan Love's your guy, and I feel like you know it. You 100% know Jordan Love is not the guy. Right? Uh, I don't know, dude. I really am not lying here. I think Jordan Love could potentially break out, but you have Matt LaFleur as your head coach, and yes, Watson's going to have another year under his belt. I think it's going to be beneficial for him. Same with Romeo Dubs. But you also picked up Jaden Reed. This is a very young wide receiving core. It's a very young receiving core. You drafted Luke Musgrave and and Tucker Craft, Mm -hmm. two rookies at tight end Mm -hmm. now. But your defense isn't too bad. Again, you still have Jair Alexander. You have Rasul Douglas, who had a really good year. I do not understand the slander on the Green Bay Packers. I don't. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and I can and I can see why, because the question comes to comes uh, for me, what is Jordan Love? Can Jordan Love be the? Can he be as good as Baker Mayfield was when he led the? Oh God, as a Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers fan, I'm so sick of hearing that from Baker apologists. Oh, he led a team to the playoffs. That team was loaded. That team was loaded around him. They carried him to the playoffs. He didn't carry the team. But that's, and this could be that scenario with Green Bay. I'm not saying that it can't be. I just think it's very dicey to rely on that. I think that's the question, though. Is is this roster, without the quarterback position, good enough to take the team to the playoffs? I think they can. I really do. They don't really have that tough of a schedule. Sure. I, I mean... 
there are tough games on that schedule. There is. No doubt. But you got a lot of winnable games. 100%. Chicago, Atlanta, Detroit, Vegas. I don't believe in them, really. Uh, Denver, depending on what that looks like. Minnesota, we all think, is going to tank. The Rams. Los Angeles Rams are terrible. Uh, <laughs> and you got the Bucks, you got the Panthers, you got the Vikings mm-hmm. again. I mean, it, there's it, a potential for wins there, but I just don't see it. And I'm going to be a naysayer until Jordan Love comes out and looks like an actual real big boy NFL quarterback because I haven't seen it yet. I feel the same way about Atlanta. Like I feel like Atlanta's got a shot in their division. Uh, and if you made me wager on it, which one of these teams makes the playoffs and which one doesn't? I would put the majority of my money on the Atlanta Falcons over the Green Bay Packers. I don't think that because I feel like Green Bay has more spicy, has okay. more standing in their way. Yeah, I mean, it's still a big and, and maybe that's mark. maybe that's just my blind belief that things have finally turned a corner in Detroit. Mm. Maybe that's maybe that's where my head's at. But I can't get around everything for the Green Bay Packers stacks up as this is a legit team set for your quarterback and i just can't get past it and i don't believe in your coach all that much either you're in the sportsocracy this is espn asheville 92.9 fm 880 a.m and 1400 uh we're gonna break down some divisions coming up after the sports center update here at the top of the hour we're gonna play a fun game called favorite or the field He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. And welcome back into the Sportocracy on ESPN Asheville. Yeah, I'm on the other side of the board I'm today, so I was looking for my button to turn my microphone <laughs> on, and I don't have it. Like, I don't – I need to have the power in my hands. Uh, intern Jake running the board today. We're sitting in – or we're filling the time here without uh, Floster Domus Jeremy Green on a little bit of vacation here, but uh, we're glad to be back from our vacation, or I guess my vacation, Jeremy, or, uh, or you didn't really get a vacation. I mean, I went on a little vacation. Okay. <laughs> Made a little trip to Charlotte for a couple days, but nothing special. Right, trying to get back into the swing of things here on ESPN Asheville. We are not on YouTube today, but normally you can find us uh, everywhere on YouTube, the sportsocracy.com. Click the live video link, subscribe to the channel so you can join us in the chat whenever we are on we'll be back on a youtube on monday just getting some things uh sorted out here over the next couple of days uh on the on the streams and such uh today apparently uh my youtube feels like it's necessary for me to go back to a year ago when it was torture ticket week nine and jeremy had to eat uh crawdads and Excuse that me? was a lot of fun what? That was a lot of fun. So I so while I was gone, did you did y'all get him to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? We did get to nice. eat. Nice. Yeah, and that was actually pretty surprising. I thought he was going to be like, oh, no, oh, I don't like this. Oh, no. Did it change his world? No, I don't know if it changed his world. Really? You didn't but... see like like sparks go off and he was like, oh my God, this is so good. I mean, I was a little bit distracted over the clicking noise of his jaw. But... Yeah, it's hard to get around that. <laughs> it is It is hard to get around the constant uh, machinery sound that jeremy gives off when he eats something he seemed to enjoy it though and you know obviously it was a great show we had uh Asheville chief of police david zag here so he made the sandwich himself so 
Ah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, we had to go get Jeremy some mud bugs because he lost uh, one of the bets during the NFL season mm-hmm. to me, and it was quite fun. I love crawdads. Do you have you eaten crawfish? Never tried crawfish a crawdad before? before. No, I used to catch them as a little kid. Never thought about eating one. Never ate one. Okay. All right. I mean, what are they? Just kind of like lobster, or yeah, they're tiny, tiny little lobsters, pretty much. Uh, and he made a big deal about it because he's a girl, and <laughs> that's what he does. He just <laughs> he just gets all in his feelings about some things. Uh, he did text though earlier and say that uh, as we were talking about the hot dog eating con- con- competition, that uh, he feels like he could eat thirty hot dogs during a show one day. That's ten an hour. I feel like we should put that to the test. A hundred percent. I mean, that's only going to cost us what, like seven bucks at sam's or something to get a big pack of hot dogs probably an ingles you know some buns and we'll just yeah yeah low prices love Love the the savings savings. yeah absolutely i think we could make that work i think so too we should should put that to the test because i don't think he can we got to put it on the stream though people have to see this dude struggling through these hot dogs absolutely but will he struggle that's not a radio only gag no um i'm gonna say yes i'm gonna say yes he would struggle he would get the first 10 down Second hour, he'd be hating his life. He'd get through the first 20. Third hour is where, of course, the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. And you have to complete the the, the, the three-hour trek of 30 hot dogs. And I just feel like he'd get to about 25. And he'd do it, but he would immediately have a reversal of fortune when that mic went off. 100% he's puking in a trash can. I'm liking this idea the more and more I think through it. So I feel like that's uh, that's that's going to be coming your way in the next couple of weeks. We're going to put that to the test. Jeremy eating 30 hot dogs during a show. That No, no, I'm done. <sighs> we need to stop with the hot dog talk today because, again, it just hurts my stomach. Just- <laughs> <laughs> you need to stop. We're talking about Joey Chestnut. We're talking about Jeremy eating 30 hot dogs. I can't. No, no, no more talk. No more talk about. No more talk about hot dogs. All right, uh, let's let, let's play a fun little game. We love our little games here in the sportsocracy. Of course, we're heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, uh, seen everywhere most days on YouTube, and um, we love talking about favorites. We love talking about gambling, and we're gonna play the fun game of favorite or the field. Each and every division of the NFL. Would you take the favorite or would you take the field? It's very simple. Right now, start off with the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are the favorite to win the East. They're plus 125, plus 130, depending on what book you look at. I'll pose the question to you, intern Jake. Would you take the Bills to win the East, or do you take the field? You know, I might go back and forth on this one, but I really, I'm going to have to go with the Bills. I am. I think they had a pretty solid offseason. Josh Allen's only just going to get better. Now, again, the running back situation is a little weird, but whoever comes out on top, I think they'll do a good job at it. And, you know, there's just a lot of question marks when you look at the other teams. You're talking about the Miami Dolphins. Is Tua going to stay healthy? Mm -hmm. Talk about the Jets. Is Aaron Rodgers that guy? I don't know. He's pretty old. I'm glad Jeremy's not here because I'd probably get screamed at. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, the New England Patriots, are they legit anymore? And, again, who's your quarterback? Is it Bailey Zapp or is it uh, Mac Jones? So I think there's a lot of question marks, and the team that has the least amount is the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the favorite. Bills against the field. Um, I really want to take the field on this because I feel like there's a decent chance that the New York Jets win this division. I don't want to give Jeremy the satisfaction (laughs) of knowing that, so no one tell him that. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, he knows how I feel. But Miami's got a chance. New England has no chance. No. But I got I got to side with you. I got to side with the favorite on this one. Smart money has to be on the Buffalo Bills. I think so too. They've ruled this division for the last few years or since Brady left. To expect that things are just going to be hunky dunky with with the New York Jets is a fool's errand. I still don't know what Miami is going to be. I like some of your players, but you know you you focused a lot on retooling that offensive line last year, and it really wasn't all that great. You have no doubt, you know, great weapons. Can Tua stay healthy? I don't know. To me, there's just a whole lot of question marks. So I got to go Bills. I got to go the Bills I like it. over the field. Yeah, I like it. And again, like I think this is going to be a strong division. I do. I think the AFC East, it could have three teams with 10-plus wins. But I don't know. Again, the question marks, I'm just going to stay, I'm, I'm going to stay with the Bills. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's stay in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the North. Okay. Because that's that's a tougher one. That is a tough division. Because I believe, I honestly believe every team's got a shot in this division. I think this is the toughest division of football this year. Again, I think Pittsburgh's probably my four uh-huh. in the division, but it's real close with Cleveland. Mm. Everybody knows how I feel about Baltimore. I want them to be good. <laughs> I just <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've always had... I've I've always had a special place in my heart for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I'm not. Don't worry, Stephen Tao. I'm not going to do the thing. I'm not going to do what you think I'm going to do, <laughs> and give them the KOD. But I don't think they're the worst team in this division. I don't either. No, I think it's down to either the Browns or the Steelers. There's not a bad team in the division. Right now, the Bengals are plus one twenty-five. So you taking the favorite? Or are you taking the field in the North? Oh man, I I don't know. This is tougher than the last one. Again, all these teams could be good this year. I think the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl. I do. I, I think the Bengals are gonna win the Super Bowl this year. But you've seen it before. They don't have to be the number one seed and win the Super Bowl. They can be a wild card spot. I do think that the Ravens and the Browns have something to say. But I, I'm going to have to go favorite again. I like the Bengals this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost a game in con- or in division play. But they're just so good. Mm-hmm. They really are. And Burrow's just going to keep on getting better. So I'm going to go favorite. I think this is the one I'm taking the field. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I know we all love Cincinnati, and Cincinnati's like the – the, the the great little story here with you know the, the the downtrodden franchise that finally has something to root for they've got elite weapons and they've they've done all of these things it's just such a tough division that a couple of games are going to they are going to swing it and there's too many unknowns unknown variables throughout the season for me to go Cincinnati's head and shoulders above everybody else because this is a one-game division to me. No, it is. It comes down to the last game of the season, Cincinnati versus Baltimore or Baltimore versus Cleveland or how it it could be a round robin of all of these teams are separated by two games and things could shake up in the last two weeks of the season. And it comes down to who's hurt, who's not. I love the Bengals. They are the favorite. I don't disagree with them being the favorite, but if you told me I had to put money on it, I got three chances here versus one. And I'm going with the Ravens, the Browns, and the Steelers. One of those to win, 
over the Cincinnati Bengals. I do. All of the questions that you have about these teams, there's a, there's a yeah, but I've seen so many people. What are you What are you expecting from Lamar Jackson this year? Are you expecting him to be have his off year like he had last year? Which statistically speaking, last year was his off year. Are you expecting a bounce back from him? I don't see why you shouldn't. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if this t- this team stays healthy and they're not killed by injuries for the third season in a row, <laughs> there's no reason to believe that Lamar Jackson can't be an MVP-type candidate. Again, he's got better weapons than he had last year to play with. And I think that defense is just going to be one step better. People ask about, or one of the concerns about the defense has been the pass rush. Well, I mean, this team's got David Ajabo just waiting. He missed all of last year, and I think he's a special player. And I think he's going to come in, and they're going to be like, oh, yeah, this is what we drafted last year. This is what we wanted. I'm not saying he's going to come in and be the best, but he's going to definitely help that defense. I think nobody's really talking about the Browns, though. I think the Browns really did a great offseason. Because they're Cleveland. I mean, let's be honest. You look at this team on paper, and they're awesome. They are stacked. They are. But they're the Browns. It's just like the Jets. The Jets are stacked, but they're the Jets. They're going to find a way to screw this up. <laughs> They're going to find a way, just like they did with Brett Favre, they'll find a way to screw it up. The Cleveland Browns, just when you think that they're going to make a turn, they always screw it up somehow. The air comes out of the balloon at some point. This is a way better team than Baker had. Oh, yeah. And now I've got Deshaun Watson. So what's what's me to think that Deshaun is not going to be what he used to be? It, I, I don't even think it really matters when you have one of the best running backs in the league as well with Nick Chubb. And that defense is going to be terrifying. They are. They are. And not a lot of people are talking about the Browns, but this team, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the division as well. I wouldn't either. I got the Ravens, I got the Browns, and outside I got the Steelers because there's a chance that this just works and they're able to surprise people by being there at the end. And if they got if they're in sh- in spitting distance of first place in this division with three weeks to go in the season, is there anybody who's like, ah, yeah, Mike Tomlin, he's not going to get it done? Of course not. You'd have to be crazy. Yeah. You'd have to be crazy to think to count Pittsburgh out at that point. So the North is one to me that I got to go with the field over the favorite. Well, let's switch gears. Go to the AFC South then. Okay, uh, Jaguars not close. I'll take the favorite and uh, please. Come to me with an argument that makes sense for any of these other teams to win this division. The only way that any other team could win this division is if Trevor Lawrence tears his ACL. <laughs> that's the only way. That's a, that's a big if, and we hope to God it does not I happen. I hope not either. But, but, this uh, but I'd team, agree with you. Yeah. I mean, aside from a devastating can't-come-back-from-it injury, the Jaguars are the class of this division. They're so scary good this year. They really are. And again... Trevor Lawrence is the second coming of Peyton Manning. He is. He is. And the weapons just got better. They got Calvin Ridley. The defense got better. Mm-hmm. I'm not scared at all to no. take. A, a, a minus 185. The Titans are down. The Colts are disappointing. Okay, come on now. Well, I mean, come on. Last year, we expected it was that terrible. team was going to be good. Yeah, it was and terrible. And they were awful. They were awful, but we got Anthony Richardson, man. And maybe that'll work. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll look good for the first little bit. I don't. But think, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm just. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, I can't look at this team and go. They're a threat to win this division because of Anthony Richardson. 
I think the Colts are always going to be a threat to win this division. They are. I think the Titans are always going to be a threat. There's one team that's never going to be a threat. They were only a threat because they had Deshaun Watson, and that's the Houston Texans. That's an abysmal organization. It is. It is. And, and we're going to talk about them later in the show, but the plus 950 should be plus 2,000. It's, <laughs> there's it really no chance. Be. There's no chance. Come on now. It absolutely should be. Uh, yeah, no. It, it, the smart money there is you got to take the Jaguars you take over the, the field yeah, uh, in the AFC yeah. South. 100%. 100%. All right, AFC West. Favorite of the field. You got the Chiefs. I hate and to be what? I, I hate to be a guy to go all favorites here. But again, I think the Chiefs <laughs> How can you count out the Chiefs, you man? You can't. You cannot. You and especially can't. with the Chargers uh, you know, you got some uh, the wide receiving core is a little, a little old now uh, with Keenan Allen, but obviously you have Quentin Johnson. Still, I don't care. They're the Kansas City Chiefs, and then you look at the Broncos. Some talks have been talking about Jarrett Stidham potentially being the starter <laughs> over Russell Wilson. So until that's resolved, who said that? I have not seen uh, we that talked anywhere. about it on the show the other day, but it was a report that Sean Payton uh, likes Jarrett Stidham more than he likes Russell Wilson. Oh, of course he does. I mean, that's it's just Russell one more, Wilson. That's just one more wrinkle, or one more wrinkle into the uh, and and may, you know maybe the greatest ruse ever pulled on the NFL watching public mm-hmm. would be Russell Wilson. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if this continues? If he's just terrible again in in Denver. And he loses his job to Jarrett freaking Stidham. That's got to be the greatest, like I said, ruse ever pulled on. We he was in Seattle and we thought he was an MVP. Remember, we were flipping out. Yeah, you gotta believe. You can't believe this guy's never got an MVP vote. He's awesome. That just shows that it's the scheme in Seattle. I mean, you see it with Geno Smith last year: thirty touchdowns, eleven picks. I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. similar to what Russell Wilson would put it up. It is. There. It is. So is it the scheme? I can't imagine that it would be, that that would be the case, that Russell continues to be god-awful and Jarrett Stidham is the guy. To me, that screams more mind games of Sean Payton. Like, this is him trying to get into the superstar's head of like, oh, wow, coach really believes I got a chance of losing out to Jarrett Stidham. I mean, even if this, if this is even remotely true, I have no other reason – why Sean Payton would say that to anybody. Not even in the quarterback. Like, you're in the room with the coaches. I would never let that come out of my mouth. You know, we may be, we may be better off with Jarrett Stidham. You saw flashes of Jarrett Stidham, though, last year. That's the <laughs> He's thing. terrible. He's not that bad. He's awful. He's not that bad. But, Stop like, it. we haven't talked about the Raiders again. That, that roster's not as bad as everyone talks about. No. But there's no chance they're going to win this division. No. Not at all. Nobody's got a chance to win this division except for the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's such an outside proposal for me. I was ready to believe two years ago. And I didn't do anything two years ago. I was ready to believe last year. And then the injuries happened, and you just had no real shot at the end of the season. And is it because you're coach? 100%. Is it because you're coach that you, uh, you know, had one of the worst showings in the NFL playoffs in modern or in recent memory. Yeah, probably. So I can't believe that you're going to come out and beat Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and win the AFC West. 
I don't think I don't see it happening. And as well as like, I don't think they will have a shot unless Brandon Staley is gone. Mm-hmm. I don't. You see the trends of offensive coaches win Super Bowls. Yep, they do. But I think that's why they hired Kellen Moore. Yeah, well, honestly, well, Kellen Moore Bra- could take a spot. Yeah, Brandon Staley is on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. We just hired an offensive guy that could be a head coach in this league and was going to be a head coach in this league. Should have been for somebody, right? Last two years, were you not shocked that Brandon St- or that um, Kellen Moore didn't get a head coaching job somewhere? I was. I was a bit shocked. Yeah, yeah. So now the Chargers went out and went, oh well, we got a guy on the hot seat. All right, we got your replacement right here. <laughs> you better be good, Brandon. You better be good, and you better figure out how to make this work because your replacement's waiting on you. Much like in Dallas, much like Mike McCarthy in Dallas. Now they didn't make the switch and make Kellen the head coach and fire Mike McCarthy, but they got Dan Quinn, and that's why Dan Quinn's still there. He could have got another job, but he stayed because he knows he could take that job. Kellen Moore, he he's he's a smart guy. He's he's got his eye on the head coaching position for the Los Angeles Chargers. And I'll be I'll I'll be honest with you, if they don't get it done this year, they don't have to win the division. But you gotta you gotta go into the playoffs and look like you belong there. You can't blow a what was a thirty point lead. It's twenty seven. Twenty seven point lead in the playoffs. You can't do that again. You have Justin Herbert as your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is like what excuses do you have? You have the weapons. You have a pretty solid defense, and you're a defensive coach. How are you blowing say, a 27-0 lead? To me, they're much better than just a pretty solid defense. I mean, they got all pros at every level. If they can stay healthy, that could be the best defense in the league. But if it's not, guess whose fault that is? Brandon Staley, the defensive guy. It keeps going back to the Mike Zimmer rule. You're the head coach of this team, and the defense is the worst part about it? And that's supposed to be the thing you're good at. You can't main, You can't continue to be my head coach if the one thing you're supposed to be good at is not good. That's always going to hang over the head of Brandon Staley. Well, favorite? Oh, 100%. 100%. I couldn't. I, you, there's not an excuse that you could give me outside of being able to tell me the exact future and that – Something disastrous is going to happen where we have no Patrick Mahomes and you might even have to go as far as no Patrick Mahomes, no Travis Kelsey, and uh, Andy Reid has been sidelined yeah. because of something. I don't know. You got to take away the, that triple threat for me to believe that Kansas City is not the walkaway favorite in this division. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. We will uh, continue favorite or the field with the NFC next. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. Our communities are filled with wonderful people who make living here great. At Home Trust Bank, we're proud of that. And that's why we focus on helping homeowners 
prepare for what's next. Our local mortgage bankers have the experience you need and exceptional personal service you'll appreciate. Home Trust Bank is ready to help make a house your home when it's time to buy. Visit your local Home Trust branch or go to htb.com forward slash mortgage. At Ingalls, whether we're celebrating Friday Night Rivals, televising college basketball games, bringing the Fan Fest to semi-pro soccer, or taking you out to the ball game at your minor league park, it's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. The Sportsocracy. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. It is the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. Intern Jake. And myself, Tank Spencer. We're playing the favorite or the field game for the NFL. It's the, I was listening the other day, and uh, the idea came to me when I was watching, what was it, first take, I think? And they were doing the Kansas City Chiefs or the rest of the NFL. That was their favorite of the field little segment that they were talking about. And I was, how, how do you not take the Chiefs? How, how do you look at the rest of the NFL and go, yeah, I'm going to take the field. I'm going to take the field. And I, and I get you have uh, a, a lot of chances here. you got the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, you would be on a, on the field, I'm sure, uh, Jake, because you believe that Cincinnati's going to win the Super I Bowl. I do. But maybe it's just me when I come down to the to the thought process of putting money down on it, which makes my stomach hurt just to think about it anyway. I'm not putting any money on anybody other than Kansas City to win this thing. I mean, when you put it that way, yeah, if I'm putting my mortgage on it, I'd probably go with the Kansas City Chiefs. But do I think that's going to happen? It's a good possibility. It's a but I like the Bengals this year. I just do. Yeah, yeah and, and that's not a bad selection. But that's about all I got. Yeah. I mean, I got, <laughs> I got, I got the Bengals and the Eagles. To me, those are the two that separate themselves from everybody else mm-hmm. when they're trying to chase down the Chiefs. Just not enough. It's just not enough for me to take Kansas City over the field. So we broke it down division by division here. We're doing favored or the field. Let's do the NFC. Start with the North. Okay. Hmm. The Lions are the favorite in the North. Yes, I will repeat that, Detroit fans. <laughs> the Lions are the favorite in the NFC North Division, plus 120, you can get them at Caesar Sportsbook right now, which is the lowest among all of the one, all of the other books that are on my screen at the moment. Um, and then you got the Vikings at plus 300, the Bears at plus 400, and the and the Packers are at plus 420 I to win this division. I think that's crazy that the Packers have the the worst odds in this division. Do you not? I don't. I you really do. don't. I, 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 I mean, I guess it sounds dumb to say no. I, 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 mean, I, I don't know. I, I just feel Jordan Love is that bad, as we talked about in the offseason file at the end of the last hour. I just feel like Jordan Love is going to be that bad for this team that they're not going to win a lot of games. I don't trust that offense at all. I trust the defense. But to me, that screams – Chicago Bears of last year where you're going to be in these games where you could win a couple of them where it's 17 to 15 (laughs) some random you know super baseball score most games I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel like it comes down to it you put the ball in Jordan Love's hands that he's gonna be able to get you the win 
to win this division. Even with the suspension to Jamison Williams, I don't think that's enough to curtail me off of Detroit winning the division because I think Minnesota's taking a step back. I don't believe in Chicago. Are they better than they were last year? Yeah, the pieces around Justin Fields are better, but I still don't believe in Justin Fields. And I damn sure don't believe in Jordan Love. So I got to take the favorite. See, this is where I'm going to have to disagree with you here. I think this this division is a lot more juicier than what people think. I do. Um, I would make a case that the the Chicago Bears could win this division. I really do. Hmm. Minnesota, everyone's talking crap about them. Yes, they lost some pieces. They don't look that good. But we're talking about the Detroit Lions, right? Yeah. We're talking about the Detroit Lions. This team is going to find a way to lose some games. The team that finds a way, yeah. But I'm not saying I don't love Detroit this year because I do like what they've done. Mm -hmm. They have actually successfully built a team after the Stafford trade. Um, And I like Jared Goff. I like the wide receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown, one of my favorite receivers in the league. But again, I just I don't know if you can count out the Vikings or the Bears and mm-hmm. the Packers. They did okay with Brett Hundley as their quarterback that one year. <laughs> so like, if Jordan Love, he can't be worse than Brett Hundley. He can't be. It's Brett yeah, Hundley. I, I mean, I, I'll agree. I'll agree because and they good. still won like six or seven games that season. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna have to go with the field on this. I don't know if I'm sold on the Lions yet. Again, most of this is going to change after I watch week one. Mm-hmm. But we're in the middle of the summer. <laughs> we don't know if anyone's <laughs> right. hurt. We don't know how someone's right. doing a training camp. I think these numbers will definitely move mm-hmm. a lot. But, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the field. Okay. All right. So I'll take the favorite, Detroit and the North. Intern Jake will take the field. I feel like the Lions, again, I got to go back to the, to, to the suspension because that's the biggest thing. Now, how deep those suspensions have gotten, what, they've got like five more players that have been mm-hmm. suspended since Jamison Williams. Uh, so I get some of those guys on the team, but they weren't really difference makers, were they? What, what the, ga- the gambling people? You're right. Yeah, no, Isaiah The players Rogers that got cut was... loose, so Jamison's the only one really worth talking yeah. about that can swing a season. I mean, And the... he's going to be gone for six games, but here's the thing. Aside from your first two games of the season, every other game you're going to be without him is winnable. I, I agree. You got Atlanta, mm. at Green Bay, Carolina, and at Tampa Bay. First two weeks, you got at Kansas City, which there's no shot you're winning that game. And then you got Seattle after that. I don't think you're winning that one either. But you could start out four and two. And if you do, then you're pretty much going to roll through the rest of the of the season to me. Fully healthy. That offense doing what it does. I mean, I saw the... Uh, I saw a meme today that was talking about North quarterbacks, NFC North quarterbacks that, you know, start bench cut thing that yeah. goes around on Facebook all the time. Yeah. Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields. Bench oh. one, start one, or start one, bench one, cut one. I would take Jared Goff at one. Mm-hmm. I would take Fields as my bench player, and then I would cut Kirk Cousins. Okay. I, I'm on. The, I'm cutting Fields, and it's not even close for me. I'm going Jared Goff one. Kirk Cousins is my two. Justin Fields is the three. He gets left out because I don't I don't really think you can throw the ball all that well. I mean, I get you can do it. I've seen you do it in college. I've seen you make some downfield throws in the NFL, but you don't do it routinely. And does the rushing 
aspect of his game, does that outweigh what he can do with his arm? It doesn't for me when it comes to winning games because I don't think I've ever seen it. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen a guy who who cannot throw the football win a lot of games. I can't disagree with you on that. I can't disagree with you, but I think Justin Fields, he's still young. He still has stuff to prove. Sure. Kirk Cousins has been the same old quarterback since 2014. He has. Mm-hmm. So, and I and I just don't I don't know that their offense is going to take that big of a hit this year. That may sound crazy to to some people, but namely Jeremy. Yeah. I'm glad he's not here to yell at me about it. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a text message in about two seconds. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. Minnesota's going to be horrible. They're not. Mm, they're Alexander not, Madison, to me, is not that – I mean, I get that there's a big difference in the talent level. Don't get me wrong. But as far as what they do on the field, Alexander Madison has filled in for Dalvin Cook admirably for a few years. When he's not available, they don't really miss that big of a step when yeah. Alexander Madison's not there. Yeah. Oh, you got rid of 38-year-old Adam Thielen. <laughs> And then I replaced him with the dude who just won the Bolitnikoff in college football. I don't feel bad about that. I don't either. I don't. Justin either. Jefferson, Kirk Cousins. You give me uh, T.J. Hawkinson after the trade with Detroit. I got Jordan Addison as well. That offense is still going to score a lot of points. Did I persuade you to take off the Lions? No, you didn't. I'm just making the. I'm. I'm just trying to make the case here that I. I don't feel like the drop off is going to be that grand for Minnesota. Chicago's still a big question mark to me. I think they're better, but are they? I don't know. Are they eight or eight to ten wins? Not better, but are they an eight to ten win team? Maybe. Could they do more than that? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't believe that they can. So I'm taking. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still on. Uh, I'm still on the favorite over the field on that one. Hmm. So that leads us to what the NFC East. Yep. And this is one where I want to take the field, but I'm not gonna. Because as I said, overall, when you look at the league, Kansas City's at the top. And I got two other teams, in my opinion, that are in the same like championship, no doubt contender tier as them. One's the Cincinnati Bengals, the other one is the Philadelphia Eagles. I want to believe in Dallas. I don't know why I want to believe in Dallas. I guess it's just because part of me believes that they are who they think they are. They are the America's team. But they always come up short. They do. And I don't believe in the Giants or the Commanders. So the Eagles ain't even close to me. Yeah, I'm going to take the favorite as well. I mean, I think the Cowboys will have a good season this year. But, you know, we hear it every year. Hey, this is our year. I'm tired of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And then the Giants, again, like that's a team that surprised me last year. Could they do the same thing? I don't know what's going on with the whole Saquon Barkley situation. Um, The wide receivers do not scare me at all. But somehow they found a way to win last year with those terrible wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't understand the commander's talk at all. I think this is going to be an abysmal team this year. Probably th- 3 and 14, 4 and Ooh. 4 and 13. Okay. I don't see them winning a lot of games. So yeah, no. Eagles by far I'm going to take them as the favorite. All right, we're we're both taking the favorite in the NFC East and then the NFC South. The favorite according to Vegas right now is the New Orleans Saints plus 120 to win the South. You got the Falcons at plus 240, Panthers at plus 340, and then there's that other team. <laughs> They're not going to be good, so we don't really need to talk about them. No. But are you taking favorite or the field 
in the NFC South. I'm going to have to go with the field on this one as well, and it's just because I think the Falcons could win this division. I do. I like what they did in this offseason. The Panthers also had a good offseason. They finally got a new good head coach in Frank Reich, and they have Bryce Young. The only team I do not see putting up a fight is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nope. Until they change the quarterback, which, you know, who knows, maybe look at Carson Wentz and be a little bit better. Huh? Even if you change the quarterback, I'm not even I'm not even real sure that this is a team worth talking about anymore. I mean, when you had Tom Brady, I felt like you had a lot to talk about. Things were going good for the defense. You had people taking, you know, taking less money to come and play, and you were kind of building the super team. Well, now there's no more Tom Brady. There's no more money to spend. There are still good players on this team, but there are a lot of holes too. There are. You got some good players. I mean, on the, the defensive side of the ball, you got Vita Veo, who's an All Pro. You got uh, Levante David, who's All Pro. Devin White. Devin White, who I mean, he plays like an All Pro most of the time, or some of the time, most of the time he's okay <laughs> and the rest of the time he looks like he doesn't know where he is like missing his assignments and blowing coverages and all that he doesn't do that stuff well highlight plays are really great with him and then you got Antoine Winfield who's an all-pro yes. so I mean you've got all-pro level players on the defense but you got to bring that all together and who's running that Todd Bowles yay <laughs> and then you got the offense who I got Two of the best – I got the one of the best receiver tandems in the league. Yes. But I can't run the football. I can't block worth a damn, and my quarterback sucks. There ain't going to be a whole lot of wins in this for us, folks. But this is one scenario. I'm taking the field over the favorite because, as I said in our original prognostications, I got the Carolina Panthers winning this division. Really? I do. Because I think the beginning of the season is going to go horrible. You're going to be like one in six. And then you have the easiest schedule that I've ever seen yeah. from there on out. And you could very well end up as a 9-8 and eight team, possibly a 10-7 and seven team, and that's going to be good enough to win the division. All I need is New Orleans to go off the rails. And I don't feel like that's an outside chance. It's not. I mean, they have Derek Carr. Yeah, he's led the league in comebacks since 2016, but he always finds a way to lose as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between. Right. This is one I'm not as – you know, the Saints are going to be in the discussion. The Falcons are going to be there at the end. And I think the Panthers are going to make a very surprising run at the end of this year to try to claim a playoff spot, which would be just better than any Panthers fan could have thought. Right, a year after Matt Rule to even be in the discussion for the playoffs, which I get they were as an outside discussion about playoffs last year, but let's be honest. Nobody thought that they were actually going to win the division and Tom Brady was not going to make the playoffs in his final year. The only bluest of Carolina Panthers fans thought that was an actual possibility. That being said, I'm not trusting in the Saints. So I'm I'm taking the field over the favorite in the NFC South, as will intern jake you are in the sportsocracy when we come back from the break it'll be time to get weird rogue combat club Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training has a goal for our community one that's stronger more fit and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. 
I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with eXp Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. We're back in the sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville. A couple of years ago, on Christmas Day in London, there was a guy who got arrested for breaking onto the grounds of the Windsor Castle with a crossbow with the intent of killing the Queen of England. Do you remember this story? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, obviously, this guy got arrested. It was a weird story when it happened because they came up to him and they are like, hey, what are you doing with the crossbow on, uh, you know, on castle grounds? And he was like, well, I'm here to kill the queen. And they went, oh, that's a big red flag. We got to take you into custody. Well, this guy's been arrested and he's been waiting, I guess, on trial or whatever. But according to the latest report, this comes to me from the Irish Examiner. Story in the Irish Examiner is that that guy who was arrested with the crossbow at the Windsor Castle Christmas Day 2021 with the intent of killing the Queen, apparently this guy, no doubt, completely disturbed. But they are now saying, the defense is saying, that he was encouraged to do so by his girlfriend. Okay. Okay, I can that's, get it. It's a little weird, but yeah, but I, but, but but I mean, you're a young man in yeah, love. Yeah. You could you could see how you could be driven by love to do something that might be a little out of your character, right? Mm-hmm. Love can make a man do weird things. Well, the weirdest part about this is is we we now know who his girlfriend was, and his girlfriend was an artificial intelligence girlfriend named Sarai. Yes, she was an artificial intelligence program that he apparently had exchanged uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of just over 5,000 sexting messages with this AI bot that they don't even know that he knew that the girl wasn't real when it happened. But through the conversations that he had been having with this person online, wherever it was, it was even like a website that that should have told him like, hey, this is all AI. I don't. I lost the name of the program, but anyway, it was like very obvious that you're talking to a computer-generated program, and of course, the, the 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 all the experts are saying there was a break in psychosis and all of this. But now, there the defense is trying to say that the program is partially to blame because it encouraged him to carry out his murderous intent on the Queen of England. The guy's also really obsessed with Star Wars, and he sent, apparently before his little attack, or attempted attack, I guess I should say, uh, (laughs) he sent out a quote-unquote sinister video to his twin sister and 20 others in which he described himself as a Sith Lord, and his new name was Darth Jones. 
Jones. Darth, Darth Jones. Okay. So this is like James Earl Jones? Like you just you just took James Earl Jones' last name. Yeah. I mean, because I would think if you're going to call yourself Darth Jones, your name needs to be like, Jones. Like Mike Jones yeah, or yeah, yeah. whatever. No, this guy's actual name is uh, Joswant Singh Chael. So I have no idea where, <laughs> where he came up with Darth Jones? Jones from. Where did you get the Jones? I don't know. I have no idea. I just thought it was hilarious. No, this that guy, is funny. This guy's now claiming that he was he was sparked to kill the Queen of England by his girlfriend, who was an AI girlfriend. Wow. Oh, Bar- cool. Just bury him out of the jail. That is... Just... I, I don't even want lock to lock him in the Tower of London <laughs> like they did back in the medieval days. Just be done with this guy. So this weekend I went over to Charlotte. I went down to Carowinds. I had a good time. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? It was pretty way. fun. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. I bought fast passes and I pulled up and it had all the rise where you can get your fast pass or where you can use your fast pass. Mm-hmm. I saw that Fury was marked out. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit uh, of a problem. Uh, I was like, yeah, so the Fury's marked out. That's one of the main reasons why I came here. And this is before what I'm about to tell you came out. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's they're just doing a little bit of maintenance. not going to be up today. Some maintenance. Some maintenance. Okay, let's talk about that maintenance. So a viral video came out that same day about <laughs> showing that there is a large crack in the Fury. Yeah. And I'm talking about a large crack to the point where when the train comes along, it actually moves the pole. Mm-hmm. I saw that video and I was like, uh, how many other rides here look like this? Because <laughs> that's the immediate question you have, right? The it immediate is. question you have to have is, oh, God, what else is broken over here? And it- I was just in shock. I really was. And, and you know what? It had an eerie feel that day. And I might have been late to the news because there was not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of people. And it was probably because they were scared of what else the park could have. So Jeremy Wagner, this... I don't know, bystander, shot a video that that went viral about the Fury having a crack in it. Right. No one else saw it. No one that worked there noticed it. It was a bystander. And he told them, he notified security and said, y'all need to shut this ride down. And they did. How how does that happen? I just don't understand how you, like, this is a new ride. Right. This is a new ride. And it has a crack in it. The, all this report says that the Fury is going to be remains closed until inspections are finished. So I don't know a timeline here on this, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Fury's done for the year. But I was going to say, what's what's the timeline? What does the timeline have to look like for you to get on that ride? Does it have to be? I mean, I think there's got to be like a public announcement that this ride is certified safe. Oh, now. and there will be. There will be. It'll it'll come out and it'll say, you know, uh, all of the, you know, the, the 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 issue has been addressed. We've done all the testing. The, the North Carolina Department of Labor, which I think is the one that handles all of the inspections, at least they do for like fares. Yeah. I know that the the Department of Labor is the one that sends around the inspectors during the fair to make sure all those rides are are working. But I didn't I don't know. I don't. I don't know when I would be. I would feel comfortable to get back on that, or to get on that ride to begin with. Which I don't, is, I don't know if I will again. Honestly, I'm afraid of heights, mm, and yeah. the the thing that that keeps me going on rides is knowing I have that safety blanket. You know, like right. like no one hardly dies on roller coasters anymore. 
But now that I see a crack in a 325-foot tall roller coaster, right. I don't know it makes about you question that anymore. Things. It makes you question things, and I do not envy the PR people over at Garowinds having to deal with this right now. Because, again, how long, how long does it have to be? Shut it down for six months? Is that long enough to make people forget about it? Because that's really what you're trying to do. Yeah, You're trying to make people forget that you had this massive problem with one of your premier roller coasters. You're in the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to finish out favorites or the field because we forgot to do the NFC West. So real quick break. We'll come back and wrap that up before the daily draft at the top of the hour. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. Ingalls Markets and iHeartRadio Asheville have declared July Public Safety Appreciation Month. Throughout the month, we'll be recognizing our hardworking public safety officers from Asheville, Waynesville, Weaverville, Canton, and the Sheriff's Department of Haywood County and Buncombe County. Our good friends at Ingalls Markets will be providing a one-time lunch for all, and we'll be making an appearance at each department as well to thank them for their hard work in keeping us safe. July is Public Safety Appreciation Month with Ingalls Markets and iHeartRadio Asheville. The Sportsocracy. Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. Welcome back into the Ingalls studio on ESPN Asheville. Closing out the hour here. we got to finish off our game because uh, for some reason I do this uh, where we just forget about a division and we forgot about the NFC West. Uh, Playing <laughs> play favorite or the field for the 2023 NFL season. The favorite in the NFC West is the San Francisco 49ers. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this one. The Seattle Seahawks. So the 49ers are minus 175. Seahawks plus 210. This is all at Caesars Sportsbook. Uh, The Rams, distant third. The Cardinals, not even close. Don't even worry about it. They're plus 2,500 at most books to even win their division. Um, This is the one where I look at the... I look at it and I go, there are only two possible answers here. But I'm so shaky on the San Francisco 49ers that I think I got to take the field. I'm going to take the field as well. I got to take the field over the favorite, even though the Seattle Seahawks are the only other team in this division that has a chance to win it. I just can't pour my money into San Francisco because of your quarterback situation. Definitely. I mean, you look at it, they always have a season where they have a bunch of injuries. Seattle looked good last year. They just got better. I got to go with the field. Yeah, I think San Francisco wins the division, but again, not confident enough not to take the field on this one. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. Jer- or excuse me, intern Jake and I, after the Sports Center update, we're going to be building the perfect quarterback in the NFL today in the Daily Draft. He's a degenerate gambler. You are a smelly pirate hooker. And he's cheaper than oxygen. He's useless. But somehow, they make it work. Jeremy Green, Tank Spencer. There's no holding back in the sportsocracy. Presented by Ingalls Supermarkets. It is the Sportsocracy, and you're listening to us live on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM, and 1400. The Sportsocracy heard everywhere around the world on the iHeartRadio app. No YouTube today. 
no YouTube tomorrow, but we will be back on the YouTubes coming up on Monday when uh, Flostradamus Jeremy Green rejoins the program after a couple of days off focusing on some other things. we got intern Jake in here running the board, doing a fantastic job. Man, you had a great teacher. Yeah, I did have a great (laughs) (laughs) teacher. And uh, welcome into the third hour of the program where it's uh, daily draft time. We've you know we've we've been through some offseason files. We've got another one coming up at the uh, uh, later on in this hour. We'll talk about the Houston Texans offseason. Um, yeah, that's going to be a bad team. Uh, but but I, I mean there could be hope. Some some people in the media are holding out hope that the Houston Texans uh, can show a little bit of sign of life in this upcoming 2023 season. So we got the offseason file for them coming up. We still haven't talked about the Britney Spears. Victor Wibanyama thing, <laughs> and that's some crazy stuff. <laughs> and it's some crazy stuff. We'll get to that as well. And uh, but first, we need to build the best quarterback. We're going through six different categories here, and in today's daily draft, or, uh, Jake and I will go back and forth. Y'all got to have you know. We got to come up with another name for you because I'm getting I'm getting tripped up on the Jays. Well, you just I call me Intern call Jake. Jamie. Just call me Intern Jake. Yeah, but I mean, I really want to call you uh, Adam Morrison. Yeah, and then then I'll just quit. <laughs> He's like, then I'll just quit and just walk out because I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not having that saddle on my head. Uh, we got six different categories here, so we're gonna go accuracy, obviously important to a quarterback. Definitely your arm strength, size, size matters sometimes. Uh, only in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Guys, we know this. Uh, your speed, yes. leadership, and then the clutchness, which is a new term coined by intern Jake. I don't think clutchness is a real thing. To me, this would be your clutch factor. But clutchness. Clutchness. As number six uh, on the list. And in no specific order, here's how the game's going to be played. You can only build your quarterback out of active quarterbacks in the NFL. And once a guy is taken for one of his attributes, he cannot be taken again. So I have the first pick. And I've been trying to figure out how I wanted to put this into what category I wanted to put this into. Because to me, football IQ doing the right thing at the right time is a big part of being a great quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I believe so. So I don't really put that in a leadership category. I guess that would be clutchness of doing the right thing at the right time. And so first pick, I'm going to take him off the board. It's Patrick Mahomes. He is my clutchness factor. Mm. Because I... I don't know that I've ever seen another quarterback who can do the things that he does, and I feel like it's just artistry. It is. If that makes any sense. No, it does When the ball is snapped, I don't care what the play is, he's going to find a way to make it work. All of his, you know, side-armed, underhand, submarine, behind the head, eyes closed, looking to the left and throwing to the right and looking short and throwing deep and all of the things that he can do to confuse people. There is not another quarterback in this league that if you told me I'm down by two and I need to win this game, I'm in the playoffs, I'm not giving that ball to anybody other than Patrick Mahomes. And I don't care what's around him. To me, he proved it last year. I didn't think that team was really all that talented last year. But they were. They were talented, and they were talented enough with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to be able to just score points like 
it's nobody's business, right? And they've done it for the last few years. Game's on the line. I don't want anybody else having the ball in their hands than Patrick Mahomes. So you're taking the clutchness from Patrick Mahomes. I believe so. You think that's the best part about Patrick Mahomes? I do. Because, I do because like I said, I put that I put that decision making into yeah. that clutchness factor. And he makes he always makes the right decisions. I mean, there's been literally for the I, most part. I don't know if I can count on one hand the bad decisions he's made in big games. I mean, you can go back to that Super Bowl against a certain team his, when his line couldn't crazy. even block uh, anything. Yeah, right, but I'm saying you could you could come up with a handful off of that, but that was extenuating circumstances, right? I mean, I think, he didn't have any protection in that game, and we were just all over him yeah. and made him look ridiculous. Well, I think that's a that's a good pick. And obviously, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Yes, so pretty so. much anything you pick, other than like I don't know, speed. He's not the fastest. Mm-mm. I think everything with Patrick Mahomes could have been a great pick. But you know, when you're looking at a quarterback, there's one thing you have to do, and that's be accurate. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have the best arm. You don't have to have the best speed. But if you're accurate, you're going to make a living in the NFL. Philip Rivers, ask ask him. Same thing. So I'm going to go with someone who. I could take a couple categories from them, but I think their accuracy is what makes them stand out. That's Joe Burrow. Nice. Joe Burrow's accuracy is what I'm going to take here. I mean, come on now. He was, I think, third in completion percentage last uh, last season with uh, 68%. Now ahead of him was uh, uh, Geno and Matthew Stafford, who only played like four games. But... I really think Joe Burrow, his accuracy is what separates him from a lot of the other quarterbacks in the NFL. And yes, you do have some great wide receivers, but it's what helped him in college. It's what's helped him in the NFL. I'm going to take his accuracy. Interesting. Um, Speaking to his accuracy, Joe Burrow, that is, of quarterbacks in the NFL history with a minimum of 1,500 passing attempts, where would you put him? In accuracy, uh, completion percentage, in all, and you said all time. Mm-hmm. He's probably top five. <laughs> He's number one. He's number one all time. And now, granted, you're weighing him against guys like Drew Brees, who played forever. But yeah. I think that speaks to Drew Brees. Still, Drew Brees's greatness. That's what he was for his career. Sixty-eight point two percent completion percentage for Joe Burrow. That is the great. That is number one all time, just ahead of Drew Brees. At 67.7% completion with a minimum of 1,500 passing attempts in in NFL history. So that leaves me with my second pick. Indeed. So I have Joe Burr's accuracy. What should I do? Should I do arm or should I do speed? Because if you're fast and Mm -hmm. you also can be accurate, that's pretty beneficial. It is. So I think I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson's speed here with my second pick. This is a dangerous quarterback already. If Lamar Jackson had the accuracy of Joe Burrow, he's definitely in the MVP talk, I think. Sure. I can get down with that. You don't seem I, that excited about well, it. Well, I mean, it's, yeah. Lamar's fast. That's awesome. Freaky fast. He is freaky fast. Like Jimmy He John. is freaky fast. So you've got a guy who can run. you also got a guy who's very accurate. Awesome. But I, when I'm thinking about a quarterback, I want a quarterback who's got a strong arm. I mean, I want a cannon on this guy. And you left me Josh Allen. 
So I feel like I got to go with Josh Allen's arm strength. Uh, that's a good pick. To add with Patrick Mahomes' clutchness. I feel I feel like I'm on a pretty good path <laughs> that's here. That's a solid squad, man. Um, I mean, this bionic freak that we are going to, you know, it, Josh Allen's arm strength has never been questioned. And we all know he's got the cannon. The big thing he 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 always struggled with was his accuracy, mm-hmm. and that's gotten better over the last few years. And now he's an MVP front runner every year. Would I also have would I've been better off having his size than his arm strength? To me, it's just not that important. I guess that's why I'm so dogmatic when it comes to Bryce Young and Carolina Panthers fans who want to just doubt this kid because of his size to me size does not matter all that much does it help to be bigger sure it does. but it also can limit you in other aspects of your game does it make it harder if you can't see over the offensive line sure but does that mean you can't be successful no just like it doesn't mean you can't be successful if you're a running quarterback now, we've seen running quarterbacks have some success in this league not necessarily see them win titles with it, but they win a lot of games. Win a lot of games and confuse a lot of defenses to score a lot of points. So I, your your selection of Lamar for his speed was not bad, but there are just other things that I covet more in a quarterback than the fact that he's fast or the fact that he's big. I want to have the mental and I want to have the arm strength. To me, that? those are the first two. Accuracy doesn't, doesn't accuracy is the third. Okay. To me, that's the third most important thing because I mean, and, and I've always felt that way about quarterbacks coming into the league. Like I want an accurate quarterback coming into the league. But one of the most accurate quarterbacks of the last few years coming out of college was a Heisman Trophy winner who has now turned into one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And that's Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was super accurate at Oklahoma. We're not talking about college, though. No, but what I'm saying is it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be a great quarterback just because you can be accurate, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Geno Smith was accurate last year, but is he great? I like Geno Smith, but he's definitely not great. <laughs> right, right. So it doesn't mean everything, Yeah, but it is important. It is. So you're going to go with Baker Mayfield's accuracy? No, hell no. I'm not going with Baker Mayfield's accuracy. I was just using that as a, I yeah, really accuracy, hope you would could, not go accuracy could be a thing to look at and go, I really like that guy. He's accurate. Yeah. Okay. Well, but accuracy doesn't tell me that he's going to be great at his job. <sighs> accuracy is just one of those things that I want to see you do it. Mm-hmm. And I want to see you do it for a long time. Because to me, that goes back to the rhythm that a quarterback can find and and finding his guys in the right spots and throwing them open and things like that. And I mean, nobody, there are very few I'll say in history that have done it better than Aaron Rodgers. I totally agree with that. I mean, have you, I want a guy who's not going to throw a whole bunch of picks. He's not think Aaron Rodgers checks that box. Yeah. He's not going to throw picks. I mean, there's viral videos of him tossing balls at training camp into these tiny nets from 60 yards away. Mm -hmm. That's always what he's done. I mean, he's going to be accurate. Yep. And I was debating on taking Aaron Rodgers here, but again, you, you talk about that fact. Joe Burrow is the most accurate quarterback, according to stats, yes. in NFL history. Yes. 
But yeah, no, that's a great pick. That is a very great pick. Thank you. So, you have... So I have Pat Mahomes' clutchness. Mm -hmm. I have Aaron Rodgers' accuracy with Josh Allen's arm. That's a pretty scary quarterback. That's a good start. It is a good start. Now, you talk about arm strength. I think i got to add arm strength to my quarterback. I already have Joe Burrow's accuracy and Lamar Jackson's speed. So let's give me someone who absolutely just destroys a football. Talking about Justin Herbert from the L.A. Chargers. I mean, that one game, the one game that sticks out to me was against the Raiders uh, two years ago when uh, I think it was it was the Raiders got in, the Chargers were out, and the Steelers got in mm-hmm. on that night. And it was, it was probably one of the best games of the season. Right. I just remember Justin Herbert leading his team down the field, throwing absolute rockets. Bombs. Yeah. Rockets every time he tossed the ball. And I was like, yeah. This guy's got a cannon. Absolutely. He does. And so, again, my quarterbacks are pretty young. But when you have an arm like Herbert, you have the accuracy like Burrow, and you have the speed like Lamar Jackson, we could be talking about the best quarterback of all time. (laughs) We could be. We could be. I wonder (laughs) what your clutchness is going to look like. And that's where I'm going to have to go next. (laughs) I'm going to have to go with clutchness next because I don't want to end up with, like, Daniel Jones or something. Right. Uh, Oh, man, this is – this is a little tough because I was thinking about taking Aaron Rodgers here. Um, for what? For clutchness. But, for clutchness, but, okay. you know, you, you you took him away. Yeah. Um, this is tough. Uh, do I want to do it? I'm going to have to. Uh, according to stats, since 2016, there's one quarterback. No, no, no. <laughs> who leads the NFL in, in fourth quarter comebacks. It's Derek Carr. Oh, that did that hurt you to say that? Because yeah, I think it hurt me to hear it. it. It hurt me. It hurt me. But I'm gonna have to go with with stats here. I mean, when you have a lot of intangibles that are outstanding, it, it, it's okay to have the clutchness of Derek Carr. Yeah, but stats show. Stats show he, he can lead a comeback. But Absolutely. there's also a lot of games where he, you know, craps the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he has had those moments as as uh, most NFL players. Mm. I I love the I I really like that stat because I think it's it is ammo that you can use and people go, "Oh, Derek Carr is terrible." No, he's not. He's not terrible. Kirk Cousins isn't terrible. They're just run-of-the-mill kind of quarterbacks. And it comes down to the end of the uh it comes down to the end of the game. And you gave me my choice. All right, you got one play. We got to win this thing. Are you throwing Kirk Cousins out there, or do I want Derek Carr? I'd take Derek Carr. I think I would too. Now, if you especially ask me, if it's in prime time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's Monday Night Football, you could throw out Jarrett Stidham out there, and it'd probably be better. But uh, no, if you if you ask me, whose clutchness would I take, or who's going to be more clutch in the game, Derek Carr or Patrick Mahomes? I'd say you'd win that by a landslide. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. So my quarterback. Better than your quarterback. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the next important category to me when building the perfect quarterback, it's got to be leadership. Mm-hmm. I don't really, again, I want, if you're a quarterback, I want you to do most of your damage with your arm. So speed doesn't matter to me all that much. Size really doesn't matter to me all that much. But if you don't have it between your ears and you can lead your team in a final drive, or in a tough situation, then 
what kind of quarterback are you really? When we come back from the break, we will continue with today's, today's daily draft, building the perfect quarterback in the NFL in 2023. So far, I have Patrick Mahomes' clutchness, which I equate to football IQ and really your ability to pull off magic. Uh, the arm strength of Josh Allen and the accuracy of Aaron Rodgers. So far, Jake has built the accuracy of Joe Burrow, the arm strength of Justin Herbert, the speed of Lamar Jackson, and the clutchness of Derek Carr because he has led the most fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL since 2016. We'll continue to add to our perfect Frankenstein quarterbacks (laughs) next. If cleanliness is next to godliness, look around the car right now. Is that very godly? Look, life comes at you fast, but so does WNC Auto Detailing. They have the tools to make your interior look like it's coming off the showroom floor. You don't believe me? Check them out on Instagram. All that filth and years of stains disappear. WNC Auto Detailing does full interior and exterior details with paint correction, and they do wax and ceramic coatings. Call WNC Auto Detailing at 455-3700. Premium care with a Southern hospitality touch. Real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa. Lisa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, your native realtor serving all of Western North Carolina. I will work hard for you, and I believe in doing the right thing every time. I market each of my listings to reach out-of-town buyers. I use a professional photographer and drone video on every single listing, as well as collaborate with agents across the country to find your buyer. Check me out online at clarissasellswnc.com or give me a call at 828-774-6343. It would be my pleasure to assist you through the real estate process. The Sportsocracy. You two are just dumbing a bag of hammers. It is ESPN Asheville. It is the midst of the daily draft here as uh, intern Jake and I are building the perfect quarterback for 2023. In the NFL, you can only select the quarterback once. You can only use one of his attributes. So we're only only drafting from active quarterbacks of the six categories that we have identified as important to being a good quarterback in the NFL. Which ones are you taking? So far, here's here, here's what Jake has built. He has built a quarterback with the accuracy of Joe Burrow, the arm of Justin Herbert, the speed of Lamar Jackson, and the clutchness, the clutch factor of Derek Carr. Before you go, oh, that's crazy. He is the guy who has led the most fourth-quarter comebacks in the NFL since 2016. So there's a stat, at least, to back up that ridiculous <laughs> notion that any part of Derek Carr would make up the greatest quarterback in the NFL. But on my side, I've got I, – I, I had to start with the clutchness because I put football IQ, being able to do the right thing at the right time in there. To me, the best head in the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. Plus, he's got the physical ability to do anything he wants to do. The arm strength of Josh Allen, which makes me basically limitless with the mind of Patrick Mahomes. And then the accuracy of Aaron Rodgers, who has done it year in and year out. Next on my list is leadership. This may sound like a a leap, but I have grown to love this kid over the last couple of years. And it's Jalen Hurts. I honestly believe he is he's the quarterback that you all wanted Tim Tebow to be. Remember when we were talking about Tim Tebow? Oh, he's such a winner, such a great leader, such a locker room presence. He's going to come to the NFL and he's just going to be awesome. 
There were some that believed that. I never did. Me neither. But I believed that he would be a good, useful piece in a locker room. And he might have been. Could he ever get past that whole, I only want to be a quarterback thing? But we'll never know how that, I mean, well, we did. We saw later in, they tried to make him a tight end. He couldn't catch anything. <laughs> but <laughs> I honestly, I, I have honestly fallen for Jalen Hurts here. Everything I've ever heard this kid say is all about his team winning. He's playing the role perfect. And I believe he's going to bring another Super Bowl to Philadelphia at some point. I like Jalen Hurts. I do. And he's just a good guy to have in the locker room. And I, I think a lot of that is what, you know, allows the Eagles to win games. Mm-hmm. Is when you have a quarterback in here who's not bashing the media, a quarterback in here that's not bashing his teammates. He's just a selfless guy. And uh, his teammates obviously love to be around him. And you can afford to be when you have that much talent around you. That will be the the argument for, well, is Jalen Hurts really that important or is it just because he's got an all-star team around him? I mean, I get that argument as well. I have had my doubts about Jalen Hurts as a quarterback, but I think when you're looking for everything between the ears and the guy who's going to rally your team at the at the right moment, Jalen Hurts appears to be the poster boy, the poster child for that in the NFL right now to me. No, I believe he's the so guy so. that I want in the middle of the locker room. Definitely, given the speech before we got to go out and win one for the Gipper. <laughs> this is where, this is where speed comes in for me. And you already took Lamar Jackson, which I think I'm. I think I'm going to have to go young on this one because I don't know that anybody else can match his speed. Really, it's Anthony Richardson. Woo! I mean, I know I you. Love I know, to hear that, I know baby. as the Indianapolis Colts I guy, love you to love to hear that. that. I do. But here's the thing: I think that's the only thing he can do. Okay, come I, on. I, I mean, I, we know he can. To me, he falls into the same just Justin Fields category. No, of he's a physical runner quarterback, but he's not really great with his arm. I think Justin's better with his arm than Anthony Richardson is with his. You're going to be able to make some plays but he's already proven that he's faster than everybody else. I mean, hell, he set every record at the Combine. So his physicality is off the charts. Mm -hmm. So I think i got to go with that. You know, Anthony Richardson, I'll take his speed. I like that pick. I thought you may have uh, thought about going Kyler Murray here. A lot of people forget about Murray. But, again, Richardson's so much faster. Um, Not by too much, but Mm -hmm. he's still – Richardson's got wheels. Yeah. Uh, but I have to comment on something you said. I think Richardson has an amazing arm. Okay. Not the accuracy you want, mm-hmm. but his arm is a literal cannon. So, this season you're going to see <laughs> that this guy can do some things. He's not Justin Fields. He is not Justin Fields. You've seen what Shane Steichen did mm-hmm. with Jalen Hurts. He's going to do the same thing to Anthony Richardson, and we're going to be talking next offseason like, oh, Jake wasn't wrong on Anthony Richardson. He could be that guy. All right. It's going to be a. Hey, I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. It's going to be a little rocky, obviously. This dude's young. Right. He's a little bit older than me. I'm 20 years old. But, you know, I, I trust him. I trust what Shane Steichen will do. And, again, all he has to do is just hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor, not throw picks. So, sorry about going on that little tangent. <laughs> I just wanted to clear some things up. Good. He's not Justin Fields. You're all good. Uh, but. Speaking of some leadership, you, you you took Jalen Hurts. I thought that was a great pick. Another guy who I think has great leadership, and it, it, it might be the only reason why he still has a job in the NFL. 
Let's talk about Tua Tungavailoa. Another Alabama guy. Okay. He's uh, reports are coming out that he's in, really improved his leadership during the Miami Dolphins OTAs. Uh, I think every time I see Tua in a press conference, he's just respectful. You know, he's always talking about his teammates. He's got good leadership. He really does, and I think that's just the culture that he was raised in. I do. Um, and, and when you look at players around the league and you think about leadership, you could think about Matthew Stafford. Um, but again, uh, I don't even know if he if he's going to be in the league <laughs> soon. Um, but nothing really wows me. I like Tua. I like his politeness. I think he's got great leadership. And if, if he can stay healthy, Tua could be the next guy in Miami, but I don't know if he can stay healthy. Right. So I'm going to take Tua's leadership, and that leads me to size. <sighs> I wanted to take Anthony Richardson's size because that dude is an actual alien. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the 2020 number one overall pick. Or the 2021, excuse me. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Damn it. That's <laughs> the one I wanted. I was like, six, please go take Trevor. 6'6", six, six, 215. I mean, he's got everything you want to see in quarterback size. Uh, you know, again, a lot of people compare him to Peyton. And when you have his size you're worried about other things, but guess what? I have Joe Burrow's accuracy. I have Lamar Jackson's speed. The only thing that I'm worried about with my quarterback now is his clutchness because I got Derek Carr, okay? <laughs> you got that one thing that you're like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But that was, you know, that was always the thing about Lawrence was he has great size. And I, I, I'm with you. I don't understand the whole hype about size. Brock Osweiler had great size. Mm-hmm. What happened to him? He robbed the Houston Texans, of $72 million. But Trevor Lawrence, he's got the size, and obviously he has the intangibles, but when you add his size into my perfect quarterback, Frankenstein style, I think it's a great pick. Okay. All right. Um, again, it's it doesn't, really, it, do, it doesn't really matter to me how big the quarterback yeah. is. I mean, as long as you stand somewhere between, I mean, a prototypical quarterback between six foot three and six foot six, because I'll be honest with you, you killed me with that Trevor Lawrence pick. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was going to have the perfect quarterback until you pulled the Trevor Lawrence on me. But yeah, as long as you're somewhere in that range, I really don't care how big you are. Daniel Jones, maybe is the first one that comes to my mind. As I mean, he's a he use he can use his size to his advantage sometimes. Six five two twenty. Yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, it's pretty much Trevor Lawrence size. Yeah, but like again, we're not talking about the quarterback. We're just talking about his his, his size. size. Like I just as long as I can put Josh Allen's arm, Pat Mahomes' head, uh, Jalen Hurts' leadership, Aaron Rodgers' accuracy. Uh, and did I say Josh Allen's arm? You did. Uh, and Anthony Richardson's speed on a six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pound guy. I feel okay with that. I don't really need the size. You know, I feel like we can debate on whose quarterback is better. But all I know is, if these quarterbacks were in the league, it would be the new Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt. Not about even it. close. <laughs> I mean, again. But who do you think in the league right now? 
actually resembles a little bit of what our quarterbacks look like. That could at least check two or three boxes out of our six. Because I think there's a couple. I, would, I mean, I would say Patrick Mahomes has to be on there. He could check a lot of these boxes. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen marks a lot of these boxes. I feel like he's taking care of the accuracy issues that he had earlier in his career. He's not a bad leader. His speed's not bad. His size is phenomenal. His arm is great. It's the head thing. It's yeah. the clutchness yeah. that I don't trust him in. I think there's four quarterbacks who at least mark three or four boxes, and that's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, and uh, who was the guy you just said? Uh, Josh I totally Allen. Blank. Yeah, Josh Allen. Jeez, I, I don't know why that, that left my mind. But, yeah, those four quarterbacks are definitely people who can check some of those boxes. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, I don't know about his clutchness. I'm not a fan of his speed. And he's got a cannon for an arm. Mm-hmm. But he throws the some rest picks. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the rest know. of it I'm not really sure about. Uh, he's got great accuracy. He could be on there. Yeah. He could be on there. Yeah. You're in the sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville. Uh, yep, the daily draft in the books. When we come back, it will be, uh, what, time for crimes, the most important message of the day, where Jeremy, or, uh, Jake is going to do his best Jeremy impression. <laughs> Give you the most important message of the day. And uh, that we got another offseason files with the Houston Texans plus Victor Wembanyama and Britney Spears. Didn't think those two would be in a story together, but they are. We'll give you more up next. Since man created roads, they've been looking for ways to get off-road and vehicles to take them there. That's where Outlaw Off-Road comes in. A premier off-road center for Jeeps, trucks, and SUVs with a complete lineup of off-road and overland services, including maintenance and repair to make your vehicle all that it can be. Check out their location right here in western North Carolina at 85 Avery Creek Road. Call them today at 828-974-8480 or visit them on the web at theoutlawoffroad.com. Rogue Combat Club, Asheville's home for comprehensive martial arts training, has a goal for our community, one that's stronger, more fit, and unwavers in its support of one another. Rogue Combat Club's instructors have competed at the highest levels and offer classes for everyone from young children to adults in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, and wrestling. Rogue Combat Club classes can help you boost your self-confidence and self-defense skills while weeding out the egos and intimidation found at other gyms. Join today at RogueCombatClub.com. At Ingalls, we know your closest companions are the ones who are always there for you. The ones you trust to have your back, no matter what. Who make the hard times a little softer. And the good ones, somehow, a little better. That's what family is all about. Whether they walk on two legs or four. Ingalls, all the ingredients for family. It is the Sportsocracy on ESPN Asheville, live from the Ingalls studio. Heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, and it's time for the most important message of the day. Intern Jake! Don't do crime! Oh, that was a pretty good one. I like it. I like it. I was like, <laughs> try to throw on your most ridiculous Flostradamus voice. And it's a little tough. I feel like it needs work, but, uh, but, uh, but not bad. Not bad by you on the first try. I'm going to expect more from you tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> let's get uh, let, let's get the most important message of the day. Don't do crimes. Go into Chicago where, hey, there's a lot of crimes up in Chicago. And on July the 4th, 1 a.m. in the morning, 
A guy was out uh, driving around. His name, Alonzo Terrazzo. And Alonzo got pulled over at 1 a.m. in the morning on July the 4th. Now, the thing that makes this interesting is that so he gets stopped in his 2008 Acura. And then he decided to flee from the cops. Well, I mean, because Chicago and there's a lot of restraints, I guess we can say, in the politically correct terms on police and the way that they engage with the public in Chicago, they they can't really chase you only for certain reasons. Like you have to be posing an amazing risk to, you know, life and limb and others and all of that for the, or, or, or be, con, you know, considered a suspect in a real serious crime for the cops to chase you through the streets of Chicago. I mean, as NASCAR pointed out over this past weekend, racing through the streets of Chicago is a bad idea, whether there's other traffic on there or not. <laughs> so Chicago, they don't pursue you unless there's enough reason to. Okay. So this guy takes off from the traffic stop. He goes through a couple of lights and some ways up the road, he slams into somebody running through another red light, like four red lights in a row. He ran through, hit somebody. Thank God the person in that other vehicle was not seriously injured. I think she had a wrist injury or something. So it wasn't, it wasn't serious. The funny part about it is this guy had on the back of his Acura, he had covered his license plate because he didn't want it. He didn't want the cops to be able to to run the numbers on the plate so he covered it with six strips of tape i guess it was duct tape or maybe it was like that white athletic tape he had written on it uh don't embarrass yourself cpd like just a little note for the cops like don't even try to chase me because you'll embarrass yourself Uh, oh okay okay. well i feel like you're the one that has embarrassed yourself at this point yeah you drew attention to yourself by putting that on the back of uh, of the license plate i have to imagine that the cops pulling him over were like wait a minute i can't read that what does that say don't embarrass oh hell no (laughs) and we pulled him over like i'm not a cop never been a cop never been trained as a cop but i got a feeling uh, poke the bear okay uh you challenge me Eh, we're gonna see just how much how embarrassing that this could be uh, well, now, obviously, this guy's facing several charges. Uh, he's 28 charges altogether when they wrapped all the traffic infractions and stuff for him running from the cops. His defense says that, look, uh, he, he, he has never had a infraction as an adult. He's never been arrested. They keep mentioning as an adult. So he was, <laughs> he was <laughs> so arrested when he was younger. At some point, this guy's had run-ins okay. with the cops on some level. Um, but they were, you know, trying to plea for mercy from the judge. And they said that he has plans to, to, to get his GED this coming fall. And he's got a job interview next week. And the judge responded the only way that he could of, well, if he's got a job interview, he needs to post $25,000 bail (laughs) to be able to get out (laughs) to go to that job interview. I got a feeling that Mr. Arazo here, or, uh, uh, sorry, what was his name? Uh, it, Anyway, uh, Alonzo, excuse yeah, me, yeah, yeah. Alonzo Terrazzo. I got a feeling that there's not an employer in the city of Chicago that's going to see that name and go, hmm. We'll give you a shot. We'll give you a shot. Yeah, yeah, we'll give you a like shot. I he got a good shot. I don't, I don't feel like he's going to get that interview. I don't think I really so either. Don't. I really don't. I don't. Pretty crazy, but yes. not as crazy as what we're having going down here in uh, Lake Worth Beach, Florida. Every single time I do crimes, last week I did Florida Man. Okay. 
So we got another Florida man. Of course. Uh, so this guy right here, a South Florida man, is accused of stealing 69 birds worth more than $10,000. So the first thing that jumps out at me with this is, uh, are these drones? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy. No, 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 no. I'm just joking around here. But Hashtag birds aren't real. Yeah, birds aren't real yet. But uh, so uh, <laughs> Romalo, uh, Damien Romalo, 44, was arrested on Saturday and charged with armed burglary. Burglary. Say it. Just say it, like Tank. It. Burglary. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> or, if you will, burglary. Bur- oh, uh, my goodness. There we go. Uh, grand theft and petite theft uh, from Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office. Uh, Romalo is accused of robbing a home in Lake Worth Beach at approximately 9 a.m. on Wednesday. And according to the spokesperson of the Sheriff's Office, he stole 30 adult and baby cockatoos, four parakeets, and 15 canaries. But there's also a little something else. Did he 20, find a baby pigeon? 20 pigeons from their cages. Now, are those pigeons real? If Jeremy was here, we would have a long talk in right. this segment. Were any of them babies? It does not didn't specify. See, it didn't say. It didn't specify. That, 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 that lends to Jeremy's theory that there are no baby pigeons. But they, Because they pointed out baby cockatoos, but no baby pigeons. You know, now that you put it that way, right. that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. But again, you know, I think all that stuff is just a whole bunch of baloney. But of course, uh, ten thousand dollars worth of birds. I just don't see the the like the motive here. Why would you steal sixty nine birds because of the number? Any, I guess it's anything that you can anything you can sell online or on the black market or wherever. It's a lot of money in birds. I mean, $10,000 is a lot of money. Heck yeah, it is. I mean, you break it. So imagine, put yourself in the burglar's situation. Burglar's. Burglar? Burglar? Burglar. burglar. The burglar. The burglar's situation. Yes. Yeah. You put the you put yourself in the burglar's situation. He, he breaks into a house. I mean, did it say that he specifically targeted this house for the birds? No. No. I mean, I, I could imagine a scenario where he breaks into a house, expects to see... All of the things, like all of the jewelry and everything that you want to steal, TVs and whatever, well, they didn't really have enough. And he just sees all these birds in cages and goes, "Oh, oh there's some birds, huh?" And at least steal those. And if not, I can I can at least eat. Oh lordy, <laughs> you're gonna eat a baby pigeon, or actually, not even a baby pigeon, just a pigeon, but a baby cockatoo? Yeah, you don't know me. Oh my, I'll gosh. eat anything. Come on, now. would you eat sixty-two hot dogs in one day? <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> no, no. But uh, baby hot dogs. You put baby hot dogs in front of me, I can do 62 baby hot dogs. I probably could, So too. it means at least I could I could eat, what, three or four dozen baby cockatoos? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this conversation. It is the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Time to take another break when we come back. Off-season files continue here. Just how horrible are the Houston Texans? I believe real estate isn't about properties. It's about people. I'm Clarissa Hyatt-Zach with EXP Realty, serving all of Western North Carolina. Navigating the home buying and selling journey can feel overwhelming at times, and that's why having an agent who cares about you and your needs is key. I'm a native of Western North Carolina, and I close over a home a week. 
I'm an expert in the market, pricing my sellers correctly to net you the most money, and working as a skilled negotiator for my buyers. Please give me a call today at 828-774-6343 to set up a complimentary market analysis. At Ingalls, we're all in for summer. We have everything you need for the perfect picnic, the greatest grill out, and the best beach vacation. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings. The Sportsocracy. You two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Welcome back into the Sportsocracy. This is ESPN Asheville, and we're heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Off-season files continue here. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. Man, they're bad. What's there to talk about? <laughs> well, I mean, it, true or false. Okay. This is a better team than they had last year. I'd say that's true. Absolutely. I don't think there's any way around it. You can look at this team and go, on paper, they're a better team than they were last year. Is that going to matter when it comes to the number of wins they have? No. No. Not at all. Look, I believe in their. I, you know, I I believe in their coach. All right. Mm-hmm. I think D'Amico Ryan's was destined to have a head coaching job in this league. It makes complete sense that he does it for the team that he played for. If anybody is going to lead them out of this, he's got all my full vote of confidence. The problem is the rest of your organization is terrible. Nick Casario is an idiot. He is. And he and you have now set up D'Amico Ryan's for failure. I mean, not that he wasn't already. I mean, he's with the Houston Texans for God's sakes. <laughs> but you put all your eggs in the 2023 NFL draft basket by trading away next year's pick to get the two and three picks this year. And so you ended up with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson, which I don't think are are bad picks at all. Are they maybe a reach? It's the CJ Stroud one to me that goes. Oh, I just don't. I don't. I don't know about it. I mean, I understand. I guess why Nick Casario did it, but that just plays into the fact that Nick Casario is an idiot. Yes, pouring that in it, because they took, according to what I've read about the the way the draft went down, D'Amico Ryan's wanted Will Anderson. Nick Casario had to have CJ Stroud. And that's why they traded down. And that's why they traded next year's pick to give the coach who he wants and give the GM the guy he wants. Okay, but now you you pretty much just guaranteed that Nick Casario is not going to be around much longer. Yeah. Especially if this season goes as horribly as we think and Arizona ends up with picks one and two next year and a much better quarterback draft, mm-hmm. I see, you know... I think D'Amico's going to be good for this organization, but you got to get past the GM first before you can even think about starting to win some games. Is C.J. Stroud going to end this Ohio State quarterback curse? No. You don't think so? I don't think so. I, it's just like, okay, let's say C.J. Stroud went to, I don't I don't know, uh, West Virginia or something. Are we going to have the same slander about him? You know, I don't know that if C.J. Stroud went anywhere other than Ohio State, if he'd have been drafted as high as he was. I think C.J. Stroud has always been the number two. He has. The 18% on that whatever test it was, that's scary. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the what was it, the cognitive test? Or yeah. What, yeah. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. But again, I think a lot of it goes to, I mean, 
you see what CJ Stroud can do when he has the weapons. Mm-hmm. This team does not have good weapons. No. So you're pretty much setting him up for failure this right. year. You brought in Dalton Schultz. Robert Woods. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know He's that I like that. He's a two. I think Mechie could be the, the one. Possibly. You still got you picked up Noah Brown from Dallas. You drafted Tank Dell and Xavier Hutchinson. I think this is a very, very, very young wide receiving core that mm-hmm. could that could burst out at some point. Maybe. I like John Mechie. But you also wouldn't be surprised if all of this wide receiver core was nothing. Was Kiki QT. <laughs> Remember when we thought he was gonna be yeah, a he, thing? Yeah, he was a dog for one game. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this go either way. Houston brought in a whole bunch of franchise or a whole bunch of veteran guys for cheapish deals. And the defense might look good just because D'Amico Ryans is the one calling the plays and the scheme, and he's got guys that he feels like can carry out his plans. That secondary's not bad. They're not with Jalen Petrie and what uh Stingley can be, and they just brought in Jimmy Ward. They have Desmond King as well. Yeah. It's not too bad. It's not horrible. It's not horrible. They, I mean, they also have Denzel Perryman and Corey Littleton and their linebackers. Mm-hmm. Uh, not scary, but not terrible by any means. And then, obviously, Will Anderson is a, is a good pickup. Mm-hmm. It is. So, D'Amico Ryans, I'd be pretty happy with this defense. But it, it's all going to come back to the offense. If this offense is as bad as it's been, this team is not going to win more than three games. No. I'm sorry. No, and they want to win a lot more than that. They were a scrappy team last year, won a couple of games that we didn't really expect, and so people are thinking, well, I mean, if this team's better, then that's going to translate to wins, right? Not necessarily. You can get better on paper and it not make a bit of a difference in the win-loss record, and I feel like that's kind of where Houston's at. (sighs) Las Vegas is the center of the NBA world right now. they got the Summer League kicking off, Victor Wimbanyama making his debut. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got the news today about the, the, the play-in tournament or whatever, the mid-season tournament that they're going to be doing. And apparently there was a run-in. Britney Spears was out at a restaurant eating with her husband when Victor Wimbanyama and his uh, his entourage came in. Britney goes up to try to get a picture with him. According to the story from TMZ and Rolling Stone and all of that, Brittany goes up and taps Victor Wimanyama on the shoulder, which she had to get a step stool to do that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And then one of his security guards just backhanded her and, and, and dropped her to the floor. Okay. Uh, first off, security guy, he's, he doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah, uh, and not. you got to surround yourself with people better than that. How do you do that, though? How do you go to Las Vegas? And, I mean, Brittany Spears is like, She's like one of the biggest acts in Vegas right yeah. now. Like her face is all over that town. How do you not know? I I the, I, I have no explanation. First yet. off, why is this your response yeah. as the, the the security guard to somebody touches your guy and you just backhand him and put him on the floor? First off, that's unacceptable, especially when it comes to it being a woman. But then you find out that it was Britney Spears for God's sake. <laughs> She's going to file a lawsuit. She's going to get a whole bunch of money out of this. There's no question about it. It's not a great start for Victor Wimbanyama. Yeah, but he didn't do it. You know, it was just that's his, true. It was his bodyguard or whatever. But still, fire that guy. You don't hit a woman. <laughs> you don't hit a woman at all. Hundred percent. I don't know no. how it is in France, but it's not here in the yeah, United yeah. States. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel like they go for that in France either. But what do I know? I'm just a little old dumb American. <laughs> we'll be back with you tomorrow at three o'clock right here on ESPN Asheville.